Welcome back, everybody, to episode 96 of the Collector Cast. We are over 10 years now, over the hump, so we're, we're going to be around forever because everyone knows that as soon as a podcast, you know, they can be, you make or break your podcast in the first 10 years. If you make that 10 years, you're golden. <laughs> so you're stuck with us for a long, long time. And thankfully, I am stuck here with everybody today. I got Chris and Bill with me. How are you guys doing? Great, man. Doing well. Good, good. Uh, before we get into the show, um, I just wanted to piggyback off of last uh, episode because we did the 10th anniversary and we actually had a couple people write in, just missed our recording deadline. So I wanted to make sure we, we snuck their comments into the shows. Uh, so we have Webster, one of our patrons. Uh, he says, I've been listening to the Collector Cast since episode one, which, you know, there's not a lot of people that have been around that long. Yeah. There's like the three of us, I thought was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he says a couple other RF Gen members uh, had a podcast called RF Generation Nation that I had meant that I listened to while driving in my truck. Died out after maybe a year, but the collector cast came in and I've been hooked ever since. I love the reading of the small scores and hearing them talk about what people on the site had picked up. Early on, they helped the RF Generation donation drive by promising if you donated a certain amount, they would read and talk about all of your scores for that month. Uh, needless to say, they had a lot to talk about that episode. So I kind of forgot about that. That must have been that six-hour one I was bugging you about last that's time. It, yeah. Maybe that's... Yeah. Well, yeah. We probably didn't do it a whole lot longer than that. <laughs> no. uh, as I love the dives into specific consoles and their game libraries. It's always been such a positive show, and I hope they keep making it as long as they have fun doing it. I really appreciate that, Webster, and uh, thanks for the, the great comment. Uh, we had another one too. Uh, I think Bill was going to read that one from uh, Bickman, who actually ran that RF Generation Nation podcast that was just mentioned. Yeah, so uh, um, we uh, we got this from Bickman, just same thing, just slightly after a deadline. So um, uh, he sent this, and we've talked about Adam before. Awesome guy, um, awesome friend, great asset to the site, but just a great dude. So. Uh, he sent, uh, you guys have had such a positive impact on me, uh, you may not know or realize. I've enjoyed the show so much, but it's also been a great pleasure getting to know all of you. Meeting you all at Retro World Expo has truly been a highlight in my time with RF Generation. In addition, as odd as it may sound, I think you've helped give me more confidence in speaking with those I'm not comfortable with, such as strangers at your booth. Uh, picking up on how you were able to do it now years later has carried on into having the confidence to stream on Twitch more and more. I can't thank you all enough for being a great voice for the site, but also being great friends. And I could not, uh, you know, give those sentiments back any more strongly to Adam. Uh, yeah. Just such a terrific guy. Um, love spending time with him. He's just one of those great people who, you know, even though we live, you know, thousand miles apart like the the minute that we see each other it's like you pick up like you were like just hanging out like you know like five minutes ago so just such a great guy can't wait to see him again and very much appreciate the uh the sentiments and right back at you bud yeah i just sent him a message because he invited me on to that um rf generation nation podcast before we had this one and so that that's probably the bug that like planted it in my mind and got me going and it was definitely the first podcast i'd ever heard or listened to so i owe awesome. him him a debt as well um and before we jump in the show again uh, bill has a new announcement he wants to make for our, our patrons 
Yeah. Um, so uh, nothing, you know, too super huge. But uh, I've I've been um, I think I mentioned on the last couple of shows that I've gotten into this app called Letterboxd recently, which is just like an app where you can kind of keep track of the movies that you've watched and the ones you're interested in and, you know, add things to a watch list, which is nothing new. People have had, you know, these apps for a long time. Uh, but just something about the simplicity of this app, the way it's structured, the recommendations, and also the the feature built into it, where when you pull up a movie, you can just hit the link uh, that brings you to the Just Watch. I can't. It's either called Just Watch or Just Play, and it's just an immediate thing that tells you all of the places that it's available to stream. Uh, and the great thing about this is it picks up your location, so it will pick up the U.S. or Canada uh, version of the website. Um, so it's been a really, really, because a lot of times I'll add something to a watch list or, you know, and I'll go to try to find it. And it's like, well, it's, I can't find it anywhere. And then I just give up. So this app has actually been a, a good gateway into like actually finding these things that I want to watch. So since I've been watching a lot more movies recently, I said, well, why don't we, you know, have a little, uh, uh, you know, a movie. We have a game night uh, uh, channel in the Discord. So now we have a movie night channel. So I gauged a little bit of interest. Everyone decided that, you know, a movie in the month could be fun. And uh, so, yeah, if you want to, for all of our existing patrons, just check out that movie night uh, channel. Um, I'm going to be looking at the movies that are coming to streaming both in the U.S. and Canada in May. And I'll I'll do my best to pick something that I think would be interesting, a little bit off the mainstream, you know, uh, path so that it's something that hopefully a lot of people haven't seen um, uh, but not, you know, not too far, you know, crazy where you're asking me like, what is this art house nonsense that you're making me watch? So, uh, hopefully we'll keep it fun and interesting, but if anyone's interested in kind of just, you know, watching some, some cool movies that you maybe haven't seen before, uh, just, it's just a buck to get in the patron and then you can jump in the discord and, and chat there with us and, uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, I know we've talked about the bat chat before, which we are getting caught back up on, which is exciting. And uh, Batman animated series is still slowly plotting away, which is uh, it's it's great, but it's just you know, hours in the day sometimes, right? So uh, lots yep. of fun stuff over there. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, I got gotcha. you. Let's. What have you been up to the last uh, couple of weeks? Let's let's catch up. Yeah. So uh, so since the last show, I, I I mention this every week. So here's my my you know biweekly Destiny two update. So I'm still uh, trying to get through the raid uh, once a week, which is not a big issue now that we're pretty familiar with it. Uh, got about a half dozen clears on it now, so it's getting pretty comfortable. I cleared it with my Warlock for the first time this week, just because I've got pretty much all the Titan armor, so I figured let me you know, give the Warlock a try. Um, and I think I mentioned before that I'm trying to learn some of the roles in some of the encounters that I'm not as familiar with, so I ran the Aegis in the upended uh, encounter, which is the third encounter. Uh, I've normally run um, the Laser Did, or the uh, Blight. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do they do they say that word out loud? Aegis? Or, I've always thought it was Aegis. Uh, they they don't say it out loud, so it's just written. So A E G I S, um, and that's the only way I've heard uh, players say it. So yeah, okay. it'd be interesting if we can uh, kind of see where the. I was curious because I for like a decade I always called it Aegis as well, and then I started hearing it, and it was always Aegis. Oh, okay. In like as one of the Xenoblade games, I think used it a lot, and another game I was playing. And so I was curious if Destiny had a take on that. Gotcha. Yeah. No. So it's just written out. But yeah, I'll, I'm I'm curious now. So I'll I'll see where the uh, where the jury stands on that. Um. So it's it's basically um uh, like a uh, it's a relic. It's like a shield that you carry, and um when you when you press a button, it kind of like 
gives like a little bubble. It doesn't provide any protection, but uh, it cleanses all the players that are in it. So in this particular encounter, when you're in these rooms, there's this debuff that's stacking slowly on all players called Pervading Darkness. And on your screen, you can see, okay, like I have one stack, two stacks. So if it gets all the way up to, as soon as it gets to 10 stacks, you die. So the whole idea is to have the player with the uh, uh, with the relic cleanse all the players that need to get rid of that Pervading Darkness buff. So, but you the, all the players can't stay together like they have to split up because you don't have enough time for like everyone to do everything so you start going one way cleanse those players wait till they finish their task and then you have to like cross this chasm to the other side and cleanse those players but things don't always go right so sometimes like it takes longer for one side to do something than the other so sometimes you're like in this chasm like crossing in the air like cleanse 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 now and then you get the cleanse and then like you drop down so it's it's that, kind of a that fun sounds uh, like somebody on the dev team played some final fantasy crystal chronicles recently yeah i'm not familiar with uh, the chronicles is that uh, mm-hmm. is that a thing there? one one of the characters holds a chalice that has like a cleansing aura around you because there's this like cursed miasma around the whole planet so if you run out of it, yeah, you start draining, and you always got to run by the person with the chalice, and you can trade off the chalice and stuff. That's fun, yeah, because the because this relic has been uh, it's since D one because this was a mechanic in the first raid in Destiny ever, the Vault of Glass. Okay. So this relic makes a return from uh, because we're we're in the one of the pyramid ships that has crashed uh, on Savathun's throne world, and the Scorn have kind of invaded it. They're trying to take it over. Um, so it's, it's basically, it's mostly a scorn, uh, raid. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, you know, kind of remnants of like other, uh, of other, other raids in there. Um, but yeah, I've, I've only ever heard people say Aegis. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of where, where that ends up, uh, going. Um, and then in the final boss fight against Rolk, um, I learned the splitter role. Um, so typically I'm, I've been the dunker. So basically the Rolk encounter, <laughs> I know, right? So, so, so typically, uh, in the Rolk encounter, um, there's three roles. There's, uh, there's buff splitter, dunker, and then reader. So, and then it's, it's, uh, two, two people in each role. So what happens is Rolk is, there's like a big barrier that you can't get to him when the fight starts. There's a big crystal, uh, above his head. So the first splitter shoots that crystal and they get the buff, which is a leeching force. So there's two things they can do with it. They can turn that buff into emanating force, and then they'd be able to dunk one of the uh, uh, the relics to you know to to move his shield back, or they can stand on a plate in the back of the room, which would cause two crystals to spawn. Then if two other players shoot those crystals, then two people have the leeching buff. Now two people can change to emanating and get two dunks at one time. So uh, that's the strategy that everyone does because it's quicker do, do they to call do two dunks alley-oop? at a time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so there, there's not actually a throw involved, but in other game modes, there have been game modes where there's like a relic or like a ball that you have to pick up, throw to another player, and then he like dunks it in. So yeah, there's definitely alley oop in the nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> so so in this, um, so typically I've been the dunker, so I've just kind of waited around until the crystal spawns. Then I shoot the crystal, and then the readers say, okay, you know, there, there's 26 symbols. So they're trying to find the common ones between the two sides. And they're like, okay, like, and there's three pillars on each side. So it's like, all right, the dunk is, you know, R1 and L3. So then me as the dunker, I just go to L3 because that's what they told me to do. I dunk and then that's it. So it's easy enough, but it's not super interesting. So the splitter is great because you're actually like controlling the flow of the fight. So my, my splitter partner, she started. And then once um, she uh, splits the buff... I shoot my crystal, and then as soon as the other, uh, the the second dunker shoots his crystal, 
I have to step on the plate and tell the other guys, okay, like split again. So you're, you're a little bit more of a quarterback in this role. Uh, so yeah, really, really cool, really fun. Happy to get through it on the, uh, the warlock. Um, only got one. I got the red bar, uh, just the single red bar or sorry, red border weapon from the chest. Um, and I'll get into what that means in a minute. Cause I've got uh, another thing, but, uh, the, the red border weapon is kind of what you want for the uh, for the raid for crafting purposes, um, and uh, you know it's always nice to get the raid armor. Even if the roll isn't great, you can unlock the um, the what do you call it the uh, the ornament, so you can like make any armor look like that piece of raid armor, which raid armor is some of the best looking in the game. Um, so yeah, my my plan is to kind of just do keep doing the raid once a week, and then kind of do any kind of seasonal cleanup, like any seasonal challenges or triumphs or anything I haven't done yet. And I did spend a little bit of time trying to get the last Throne World weapon pattern. So this is what I meant by Red Border. So Destiny has never had weapon crafting before. It's always been a weapon dropped, and that's the weapon. You can always like slot a mod into it for like you know slightly better handling or slightly better reload or like you know something like that. But the perks that are on the weapon, it's like they are what they are when they drop. And if you wanted better perks, you just have to you know farm that weapon or you know grind whatever activity that it has. And you're like, okay, now I got a really good roll. So they've added weapon crafting, um, but it's only for certain weapons because they're you know kind of just getting into it. So what happens is if a weapon drops in the wild and it has a red border. Um, there is a chance that that weapon can be crafted but to unlock the pattern for that weapon you have to extract you know x number of that weapon three four five usually so there's this one weapon that's a, a world drop so there's no real way to farm it except for farming high value targets and they're random and so you beat the high value target they drop a chest and then you hope that it's got this red border weapon that you that you want in it so i recently found out about a, a simple cheese that you can loot that chest and if you are close enough to the edge of a zone you can hop on your sparrow zoom to the edge of that zone so you hit a loading screen zoom back the chest stays there for about a minute and you can loot the chest a second time so i did that a few times on friday just to test it and on the first one i got the pattern or sorry a red border uh, uh pointed inquiry scout rifle which is uh, uh, the last weapon i need so that was really cool. So I need one more point of inquiry to unlock the weapon pattern so I can craft it, uh, which is, you know, a biggish deal because the one of the best uh, Grandmaster Nightfall weapons for busting shields has been the Arbalest. That was recently nerfed because it was the only weapon anybody was using in Grandmaster Nightfalls. But the point of inquiry is actually able to bust any shield with one or two shots with the right per, uh, per combination. So that's going to be a really cool one. So... So yeah, I, that's that's uh, kind of my my little destiny update, and uh, I mentioned a couple scores on the last show, and I was holding off until they actually showed up. They have showed up, so I can mention them. Nice. So we've uh, uh, we already mentioned Adam before, so Adam comes through again. Um, he bought me some hockey games. He did some hunting, and he was kind of poking around a couple different places. Uh, for those who aren't who don't know, I have a hockey game hit list on Google Drive that I've shared with people who. You know, have gone game hunting and they're like, hey, what can you know we keep an eye out for? So I send people my hockey hit list. So he found a handful of games from that, which is awesome. And he also threw in a surprise. He found a McFarlane Destiny action figure <laughs> sealed, uh, which is Ooh. cool. Um, it's a Hunter. So Hunter was the first class that I mained in D1. I still play Hunter uh, uh, now and then. 
um, even though I'm more of a Titan and Warlock uh, recently. But it's a really, really cool Hunter uh, armor set. He's wearing the Celestial Nighthawk, which is one of the best uh, solar exotics in the game. He's got Iron Banner armor, including like the wolf kind of helmet. So it looks like, you know, you've been like out in the woods hunting. And uh, he's got the Thorn exotic uh, hand cannon, which is one of the best PvP weapons uh, from the first game that's also made it to the second game. So that was an awesome uh, pickup to grab some extra hockey games and so a little Destiny have, have surprise in there. opened up the figure yet to see if he like, fits in a Lego Batmobile? I haven't. I can tell you from the scale that I don't think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're made for each other. But that doesn't mean he can't just stand next to him like uh, in the case, right? Just put him cool. inside there. But yeah, it was really, really cool. Uh, nice surprise. So appreciate that, uh, Adam. And uh, I still got to uh, send him a couple bucks because, uh, uh, you know, as a thank you. And um, uh, the other one was from Sean, our buddy Sean from the Playcast. So um, uh, Kelsey and I both noticed uh, some tweeting uh, that Sean had done uh, with not the <laughs> nicest things to say about Super Mario Odyssey, which is fine. You know, everyone has their different opinions on different games. That's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we just happen to disagree <laughs> with uh, Sean wanting to place Super Mario Odyssey in the garbage. <laughs> so thank you for saving that, Bill. Yeah. So he uh, so uh, he was not happy with the gated progression, which you know I get that sentiment completely. Um, but when he mentioned you know like straight in the trash, um, so I pinged him and I was like you know we misplaced our copy, you know quite a while ago so if it's going in the garbage here's my address type deal and he pinged me back and he was like i like for real would trade it like let me know so he told me the kind of stuff he was into i sent him a kind of a list of all the the stuff that i had um he picked the game we were both happy with it um and uh uh we actually we added a couple of bonus items as well so he was like oh if you're feeling generous you know like how like you know this five dollar game as well and I was like, yeah, yeah, you can definitely have it. Uh, if you're feeling generous, I don't have a Wii nunchuck, and I want to play Mario Galaxy 1. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So it was great uh, both ways. Um, so uh, so showed up. And honestly, my kids have been playing Mario Odyssey like it's a brand new game, which is kind of amazing. Sweet. Like my son's like, uh, he's like, Dad, you got to help me find the purple coins. And I'm like, remind me, what are the purple coins? Oh, there's 50 <laughs> purple coins. So, yeah, it's just been a, a fantastic. So you buy the, buy the new gear the costumes with the purple coins yeah exactly yeah. yeah so and then and then today he's like you know what i'm gonna save up for i'm gonna save up for golden mario and then when i get golden mario i'm never gonna take it off i'm just gonna be gold and i'm gonna be like let's go <laughs> <laughs> so yeah fantastic so yeah very very good trade appreciate that uh john and uh so he also sent uh, a bonus little genesis nhl 95 cart which you can never have too many of those and uh, a couple stickers from his uh, t-shirt Said no adventure. game store it's ever. not tees. Oh, what's that called? I'm wearing one of his t-shirts right now. There you go. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, I was just uh, making a joke about your NHL. It's it's past. It's okay. Oh, so then I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I stepped over any disparaging NHL 95 remarks because if there's any game that's better than Super Mario Odyssey, it's NHL 95. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, and for people who aren't familiar, uh, Sean has been uh, uh, really rocking it on the t-shirt front with snot tees. So uh, go ahead and check that uh, link out. And um, in in related playcast news, I don't know if I'm letting a cat out of a bag here, but I pinged our other good buddy Rich on the side. Said, "Hey, bud, just want to let you know we miss you guys. I miss hearing your voice. Miss hearing the show. Just you know, can't wait to hear you know whatever's coming next. I know you guys were taking a break." 
And he hit me back and he's like, yeah, just, you know, to be honest, we got a couple shows in the can. We just, you know, just some time to edit them. I'm like, oh, so that's good news. So uh, hopefully we'll hear hear some more on that front soon. Nice. He's been uh, PMing me uh, lists of Saturn imports, giving me the, the inside scoop. Very cool. Yeah. For, for your next uh, for your next venture. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I haven't played one in a long time, but I got rid of the only Saturns that I had after not playing them for a while. But then, you know, you kind of get that itch a little while later, so we'll, we'll see if, if anything ever comes of that. Yeah, ODEs now, man. You don't have to buy the games, even. Yeah, right? So, uh, so yep, so that's the pickups. Um, so now we'll do a quick Steam Deck update. Uh, last time uh, I told everyone that the community has kind of put together this, you know, method of figuring out when your pre-order time was. So the community is kind of keeping track of this. So there's a post on, on the Steam Deck Reddit that they keep the most, uh, the latest pre-order that is a, that has been made available for someone to buy. Because the, the way it works is you put down your pre-order. When your slot comes up, they email you like, hey, you can make your order right now. We'll ship it to you. So the, the latest um, email that's been made available for pre-order was made at 5.18 p.m. the day that, on you know, GMT, uh, the day that the pre-orders went live. My time was 6.54 p.m. So I have one hour and 36 minutes of other uh, 512 gig Steam Deck pre-orders to get through. Uh, we are just about in May. We're like a day away from May right now. Um, so... And they're telling do you me, have do you have an estimate like a guess? Yeah. Like so, if we they, took a so, pool? so Steam is telling me Q3, which is July, August, September. The community yeah. tool where you can put in all your info and they'll give you an estimate, like they'll give you like an estimate day, is saying early July. So even though it's Q3, like all the estimates are pointing to on the early side. So it would be awesome to get it early because, like I mentioned before, we go to the uh, go to the down to the Jersey Shore for a couple of weeks at the end of July. Uh, so fingers crossed for that. Um, I haven't and, been keeping close eye on it. Has there been any rumors about like disruption in production, or have they been pretty nope. steady, pretty smooth? Yeah, production. There's been no issues in production slowing down. Um, the issues have been since it's a piece of hardware that you know is launching. That there's you know like uh, uh, like software updates and game compatibility stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so the OS updates have been coming pretty steadily. And, like, early on, there's kind of stuff that, like, you just wouldn't think of that they're like, oh, they've added a lock screen. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that would make sense because it's, like, a portable device. So you would want, you know, like, a way to, to add, like, a lock password or whatever. And then there's also, like, oh, like, they've added, you know, um, a frame rate uh, lock. So you can, like, lock your frame rate at 30 if you want to save battery life, like, OS-wide. And it's like, oh, well, I guess that would make sense, too. So, but, yeah, and then there's there's a, been a ton of people kind of playing games and being like okay you know like this game doesn't work great but it's getting better with the last update so that's kind of all the the things that i'm hearing and seeing on the steam deck front but nothing as far as production slowing down sweet that's good news so, yep and uh, i just as, as a as a side thing because um if someone gets an email to make their order and they decide ah, i'm not going to make the order then you know all the other people get bumped forward which is great but i checked ebay just to see you know like what the scalpers are doing and man, oh man, there are like thousands of, you know, decks that are in people's hands that are for sale for, you know, triple uh, the asking price. And then there's also uh, guarantee uh, pre-order, pre-order for Q3, you know, like the same thing. Oh, so I'm like, you goodness. know, 
as long as there's people who are going to spend the money, there's going to be people who try to take advantage. So I try not to pay attention. Like it. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be uh, maybe bumped forward and be looking at June, but yeah, I'm still probably a couple months away. So, uh, and then the last thing I have, uh, a little concert cast update. Um, so uh, I've mentioned before that I loved the live show I went to last year. It was the first live show I went to in a long time. Made a pledge to go see more live music, and I have two concerts that I'm interested in. One that I've bought tickets for, and the other that I would really, really like to buy tickets for. Just got to make sure I can make the scheduling work. So one is a throwback to, actually they're both kind of throwbacks to like high school days. Uh, the first one that I have tickets for is Evanescence opening for Corn. Which Ooh, I that's am, very much uh, so high yeah, school days. Yeah. yeah, very high school, but I don't care. I've only seen Corn once. I saw them open for Metallica at Summer Sanitarium at Foxborough. Uh, it was a great show. Power Man 5000 was also there. You're wear your Jinko jeans. <laughs> I remember those. Guys. I was never into those bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had friends who liked them, and even then, like you know, my mom was like, "Oh, I don't like that kid that you hang out with with the Jinkos." And I was like, "Listen, I don't like those jeans either. He's a cool guy though. I'm trying to steer him the right way." <laughs> so so yeah, I'm excited to see Corn. Um, and I like that that first Evanescence album was cool. And uh, Amy Lee and uh, Jonathan Davis are good friends, so that, that makes sense. Uh, the other one um, is kind of kind of several throwbacks. Um, it's uh, uh, Allison Chains, which is Jerry Cantrell, you know, and and My all cousin. the yeah. all the band members <laughs> who are still around with a couple of uh, replacements, um, and Breaking Benjamin, uh, who I love, who I've never seen, and Bush that I didn't realize breaking Benjamin and Bush are really good friends. Um, like especially Gavin and the rest of the band Bush is the first concert I ever saw. I saw Bush Goo Goo Dolls and no doubt at the new Haven Coliseum in like 93, 94 when 16 stone came out. Let's go see. Uh, I probably so, haven't heard Bush since the nineties. Yeah. So here's the thing. So Bush, um, you know, it, with 16 stone, the first album, and then I think razor blade suitcase was next. And then they had a couple others. So they were big then, and then Gavin did a solo thing, and he has several solo albums, and they're actually pretty good. I do believe Bush is now like back together with like another album, but like you know different members because that's how the way things go. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're. It's safe to say they're probably riding the music from the '90s <laughs> as opposed yeah, to whatever. You're gonna the tell me the Oasis are. is coming back next. I mean, I mean, no, yeah, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure. I think they're all around, but yeah, I think they're too. Uh, they're, they're grouchy, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> they always were. <laughs> I don't know what we'll see from them. So, yeah, just excited to see some more live music. And then um, uh, with today being, you know, we're a day away from May, just a reminder that my May 4th Star Wars tattoo appointment's coming up. My tattoo artist has been going back and forth with me the last couple of days. He said he's got a good layout. <laughs> and since we're looking at doing kind of like a bigger piece of the arm, I was wondering, you know, will he do like all the outline and then will we do color next time? Or like, you know, because we've all seen people with a tattoo and they're like, Oh yeah, I plan on getting it colored in. Right. So I'm kind of wondering what the deal is going to be. So, uh, he was like, Hey, like, did you want to book like a follow-up session now? You know, I've got some spots in June and July. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I took, um, I took a July spot because it was a Saturday. That way I don't have to take any time off of work. And it's enough time where it should, he it's three weeks before we go to the Jersey shore. So I should be healed up by the time we'll be on the beach there. So, so yeah, that's exciting too. So that'll, that probably gets me up to date. Is that going to be a Star Wars Arcade 32X box on the side of the arm? <laughs> I've, 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 I've made a terrible mistake. Hold on, i gotta, I got to text him. <laughs> uh, 
So I my so my wife um and I met working at Star Tours at uh, at the time it was Disney's MGM Studios now it's just called the Disney Studios, and the old ride uh, Star Tours it was like this this was a simulator but like the the vehicle you were in, uh it was called oh, I can't remember off the top of my head but it was like the Star Cruiser the Star Speeder you know three thousand or whatever. Um, and the, um, the captain was this little kind of, you know, like robotic guy with, you know, cute little face and he was captain Rex and it was, it was, it was styled like R three X. So it was, you know, you would say it Rex. So the, it, and then what the, the story was when they redid the ride, he kind of flunked out of star tours Academy <laughs> and they put C3PO as like the pilot of the ship, which makes sense. He's a much more recognizable star Wars character than this random robot that they created for the ride. R two D two. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, C-3PO. Well, yeah, yeah. But so, so C-3PO is like sitting in the cockpit, and like R2 is like on the roof. Oh, okay. So okay. like they'll talk to him. And like you'll C-3PO see him. is a translator droid. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because he's supposed to be, I guess, more of like the um, uh, the uh, the tour guide. I see. Where like, oh, and on your left, you will see. Oh, goodness gracious, the people attacking us. <laughs> you know, like that kind of deal. So, so R2 is like on the roof of oh, the okay. thing, okay. doing his 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 bleep bloops, and um. Uh, so, but the, the, the way that they did the backstory is Rex, like he like flunked out, but like there's this restaurant in galaxy's edge now and he's like the DJ there. So like, (laughs) he's like still there for like people who, uh, who care about it. But you know, me and my wife met there. So every every time the star Wars tattoo comes up, my wife's like, are you going to get, are you going to get Rex? Are you going to get like, like a little Rex, you know? And, uh, he's not on the plan for, cause this is going to be like, you know, big star wars thing and I, so i said to her i was like you know there still is the arm with the weezer owl that we could work him in somewhere there because he is a dj now I mean, you know if it's like music theme, but like so <laughs> i, we, think I gotta, don't know I about think, rex yet. i think you gotta get it on your butt so it's something yeah. that she sees <laughs> just for her yeah honey i have terrific news <laughs> <laughs> happy anniversary yep and then um uh with um with what do you call it with uh the other thing with that is like i said you know if i just tell him I want to get like Captain Rex is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. If you just Google Captain Rex Star Wars, you'll come up with a clone trooper because there is a different Captain Rex. If you're familiar with the, uh, the clone wars, uh, uh, series, who's like part of the bat and the bad batch as well with the, um, we gotta do the uh, Rex with the three. That's why he, they didn't oh, yeah, do the that's... three. He just mm-hmm. like spelled it like a regular old person. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when you say Captain Rex in front of Star Wars people, they do not think of this, you know, <laughs> flunked out robot pilot from Star Tours. No, he's hanging out so. with Snice Noodles and, and the Rebo yeah. Band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, good, all, all good stuff over here. Awesome. How about you, Chris? I see something on there I'm excited to hear your thoughts on. Yeah, well, hey, we can start with that. Um, so I watched the Batman um you know which obviously that would interest you guys uh a a lot i'm i don't have to i mean i don't have to ask i know you guys liked it a lot so um yeah i think it was you know it's not a bad movie it was all right i enjoyed it um it was way too long uh for what it was like way too long (laughs) it's like three hour movie uh so really kind of plotting that's like half a snyder cut that's fine yeah, the Snyder Cup was too long too, <laughs> but you know it. It was well done. I think they probably could have. You know the the cat Catwoman was really what made that show come together, and if you She's ask me, was really the star of the show. 
Because Broody Batman was, I mean, had he probably had like 20 lines in the whole film or something. I mean, he didn't really talk. Um, she really kind of led a lot of the story along. And um, I really kind of don't understand why Penguin was in it. Because he wasn't in it enough to matter. Because they're setting him up for other stuff. Yeah, Everything's we... shared universe now. So it's like, now we know him. So we don't need to, we can just jump into him next time he shows up. Oh, okay, well, that's yeah. fine. I mean, that's yeah. all right. If it's actually even the Penguin, because it could be Johnny Depp in disguise. Like, we're not sure yet. <laughs> so. Um, or maybe not in disguise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the guy that did the Riddler rave did a fantastic job with that. Um so yeah, I enjoyed it. I I kind of am starting to get concerned a little bit that their DC doesn't really have anything for younger people. Um, you know, yeah. they have Shazam, I guess, but they do. But if like they're adding the Rock into that series and trying to make it all dark too, like I don't know, right. it might take a turn. I hope not. It's yeah. supposed to come out around Christmas right. time, so it'd be nice if that's another fun one. Yeah, and I think they could just do a, an alternate universe and do some flicks as well that can get younger right. people interested that don't have to be so dark. Yeah. I would love a campier Batman or like supernatural villains. Yeah, or, like or do like family. a fun like, Justice yeah. League versus Legion of Doom or something, right? Just All right, did you see the trailers for that? Uh, I can't even remember what it's called now. It's like the Pets of the Justice League. No. <laughs> DC's League of Pets or something. <laughs> so it's, it's like, uh, it's like su- Crypto. Kind of super and, Dog. And, or, yeah. yeah, Crypto the Super Dog and uh, Ace the Bat Hound and like, all the Justice League apparently have pets. I don't. I just wonder what these other pets gonna be in there. Uh, I don't know. One of them has like a squirrel or something. Yeah, I hadn't <laughs> heard of this uh, DC League of Super Pets. Okay, there. so I'm very excited to take my daughter to with, that. Yeah, with, she loves talking with, pet movies with Super Bros, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Hey, <laughs> that's you know they need something to get to appeal to kids. I I get a little worried that because Marvel seems like Marvel and DC. I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. I enjoy watching the movies. I'm an adult, right? That's for me. Um, but I think of like back when I was a kid and how I got hooked into some of this stuff. And I feel like there's kind of not a lot of that going right. on, right? To pull younger people into the stories and get them involved. Besides, I mean, they have like the cartoons, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, going to see Teen Titans go rocks, man. Right. Going to the movies though, as a kid to watch some of these things was a big deal and really got you excited. So I don't, um, it would be fun to be able to share some of that stuff with kids. Right. Um, and that's, and that's, that's a really good point. Cause when I think DC, I think of, you know, the suicide squad and the dark Batman stuff and the, um, uh, what's the John Cena with the Peacemaker uh, that we just yeah. watched? And, yeah. it's like, and I, they shouldn't stop that. I'm not trying right. to like the, it's all great. the Joker. I mean, these were great movies yep. and they definitely shouldn't stop. it. I'm just saying they could do an alternate yes. line. Right. right? So, you, that, so it, it's, it's a weird kind of alternate problem is um, my kids are now want to watch the Fantastic Beast movies. So we just started watching those. So everyone who watched like Harry Potter and was in the Harry Potter when they were kids, it's like, that was a, a thing that was popular with kids. And now like the kids that were into that, like they're, they're a little bit more grown up. They're young adults or adults. Now it's like, well, what is there for these adults that like Harry Potter now? And I've heard like people talking about fantastic beasts. Like oh, it doesn't so know boring. who its audience is. Cause it's like not really for kids. And it's like, not really for adults. Like it's this weird thing. Like they don't know what to do with the with the you know the wizarding world pro- project right now we watched 
was it the second one uh, with my parents. So there were six of us watching it. And one of us stayed awake for it. Out of, out of six people. <laughs> wow. It was so we, boring. <laughs> we watched the first one last night. I did not make it. Um, but I had some things that I had to, like, I got pulled away. I had to do some things. Like, like it, it's okay, though. And then tonight, we watched the second one. I got through the entire portion that we, because, like, it got to be, like, bedtime for the kids where they were starting to snooze. It's like, all right, ha- like, split the movie right in half. We'll finish the rest tomorrow. So I stayed with it the whole time because I had, you know, some caffeine in me. But, like. I, I turned to my wife and I was like, do you have any idea what's going on? <laughs> and do you care? And she was like, no, no, no to either. No. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I just think they've got to keep these things in mind or, mm-hmm. and what are you going to do? Eventually, you know, you just keep going to older and older audiences. It doesn't really make much sense. Yeah. Um, we just keep dying off. Yeah. <laughs> keep it, yeah. I mean, you know, some, at some point in time, it's just, that's not a demographic that's going to spend a lot of money on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So even if you're thinking about it financially, you know, you want to get younger people involved. But I think it's just fun. I would like to be able to take my kids and go, let's have fun and sure. watch something that's comic booky, and yeah. we can enjoy together. And then I'm going to go watch the darker one that you can't watch with my <laughs> friends and have a good time as well, right? And yeah. I, those both of those things can exist at the same time. I don't, I don't think 100%. they have to be... You know. They should like alternate them each year. Like we got the dark Batman this year, next year's the fun one, and then they got sure. a little buffer in there. Yeah, I, I think they can have some fun. Or you know, they've got they got a lot of properties. They can do something. That's fine. Oh, totally. There um, should have been so many fun Flash movies in the last five six years. Yeah, like, could have been. Drop the ball there. Yeah. Um, Green Lantern. Yeah. But going back to the Batman, I mean, things I did like about it. Um, the cinematography was really well done. I mean, it was shot really well and put together well. Um, again, I, I, I think this is just kind of where movies are at right now, though, that everybody wants to make this long, epic three-hour film. That's just the new thing that directors want to do. <laughs> and uh, the studios are going, fine, whatever. You know, it's going to go straight to home anyway. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not like it's costing us film or something. Yeah. Well, so, that's a good point because they used to be able to put like a tight theatrical cut out and then sell the director's cut, but no one's buying Blu-ray anymore. So like nah. they got to, you know, put the long version out first. I've, I've seen several comments about that from directors and in interviews. Yeah. See, I mean, and there's not a lot of bears. There's not a real lot of reasons why them not to do that other than I would never want to go see these movies in a the theater. I mean, I'm not going to go watch a three hour movie. In a theater. No, thanks. I saw it twice, and I was genuinely worried that I was going to have to go pee the first time. But I, <laughs> I made it through. Yeah, but you couldn't, like, what did you, oh, like, well, I can't get a drink because I don't want to have to run to the bathroom halfway through. I, or whatever, I never right? do that anyway. It didn't really change my movie experience because I don't snack at the theaters or drink yeah. anything. Okay. So. See, like, I, I, yeah. I want to enjoy the theater experience. I had to pee during Endgame. And like I tried my best oh, to pick like a really yeah. good spot, yeah. and I was like, I was like, no I, I have to. You go need right the now. app that tells you when to go. Play. Yeah, I, I don't use. Yeah, I should have checked that first. But yeah, I I went, and I think it was a pretty good spot. It was right when they like got all the it was, stones. It was this part, right? Like, it was right when they got all the stones. <laughs> when they recovered all the stones, and they were like about to try to reverse it, and like. I was like, okay, they're going to be planning this for a minute. So like, let me go right now. So I went, I came back, and it was like 
right when it was like, oh, like, did it work? And then, like, you know, everything kind of crashes down on Avengers headquarters. So I was like, okay, I picked a pretty not, good not spot. Not too bad. To do it. Not too bad. So, um, I, I mean, you guys can tell me more than I, because I don't keep up with Batman stuff. So I'm assuming then that this is going to be the the new Batman, or is this an alternate thing? And <laughs> is Batman from the Ben Affleck Batman still going to do something? Or there's rumors. Uh, they just confirmed the Batman with Robert Pattinson will have a sequel, like just in the last couple of days. Okay. Uh, the Penguin's getting his own spinoff show on HBO, I think. Okay. Um, and then like every week, it's like Ben Affleck might be back. No, he's not back. No, this week he might be back. He's not back. So I, I have no idea what the heck they're doing there. It doesn't sound like Henry Cavill's coming back for Batman, but they're keeping Superman. Wonder Woman. Yeah, sorry, for Superman. Uh, and now The Flash keeps getting arrested for, you know, assaulting people with chairs. So Ugh. I have I honestly have no idea what's going on with most of those things. Yeah, I, will, I think Gal does a great job. I mean, I, yeah. I, I like the Wonder Woman movie, so I'd watch another I one like of those, 84. no problem. I like 84. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, is it was it a little schlocky? Yeah, but I yeah. had fun watching it. So yeah. that's all that matters. You and me have very similar reviews for like action fun type movies where you start off like, was it the best thing in the universe? No, did I that's have? That's not fun what with I watched it, it for. Right? Yep. Yeah, but yeah, we're we're yeah, and then so the and the the thing that me and my brother in law say every time that movie comes up is like, there's no reason for it to be named Wonder Woman '84 because it was only <laughs> it was relevant to be in '84 in like the first eight minutes of the movie. We're in that mall, <laughs> and then the whole rest of it, like, it makes no difference. Where it, it was. was just around for a couple people my age to go, eh, remember yeah. this? <laughs> eh, remember? <laughs> and then that was it. So. Uh... But yeah, yeah Gal, I, I mean, good. again, I like what DC is doing. I think they're they're doing a great job. I think right now, if you ask me, they're doing better than Marvel. I don't like the new Marvel stuff very much, so um, I'm pretty happy with the DC stuff. Cool. But again, think about maybe just a little shorter or intermissions. Hey, intermissions are <laughs> fine. Bring intermissions back. Okay with that. Just uh, have a riddle or riddle on the screen for ten minutes for people to solve. <laughs> You'd make the movie theater owners happier because they'd sell more candy and popcorn and stuff. That's actually probably true. Yeah, you'd make the people that are going to the film happier, and it doesn't cost you anything. So, yeah, just think about it. Anyway, um, up next, I finished the most recent um, uh, season of Star Trek Discovery, and I get really mixed feelings about it. Some parts of it, are starting a little bit disappointing. Not that the story itself was. It was more of... It's got the problem that a lot of series have, where it's like, how many times can you go back to the apocalypse well, right? It's like, oh, we just totally averted total apocalypse. Five minutes later, oh no, it's another apocalypse. I mean, you're kind of like, I mean, this is not the way the world works, right? I mean, this doesn't... There's not something threatening to destroy everything every 20 minutes. It's just that's the, that's the Bond villain problem for me. Like how many people can are just ready to take over the world, right? And then it becomes like the the villains have to evolve over time and do yeah. different things. But yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. And I think that's the issue that this show has painted itself into though, because instead of the traditional Star Trek was episodes, right? It's a self-contained story. They do some stuff, they solve some problems. It's an hour bang see you later this is we're gonna do 
you know, 13 episodes and there's going to be a story arc. You know, like what's popular right now. But again, you know, then you run into the problem of like, how do you keep that exciting for 13 episodes? Well, sometimes you can't and sometimes you shouldn't. So I think instead of doing what they should do is, and they, this is what I'll give it credit for. The characters are well-developed, most of them, in the, in the shows, and are, are likable. Um, if they could just spend more time doing like that sort of stuff, like character development and sometimes their own stories that are not the universe is going to explode, right? I'm, I'd be fine with that. But um, And then there was... One thing I've always liked about Star Trek is it's fairly reasonably science-based, right? Like, these are things where you can imagine, yeah, I think science could do this at some point in time. Except for teleporters. That's the one thing I don't think that's going to be a thing. But anyway, besides that, like, the communicators, the phasers, right? These are things where I could go, yeah, sure, okay, somebody could potentially do this. The series started with one thing that was really kind of very fantastical. And I'm like, all right, we'll see where this goes. If that's the thing, okay, it's the the widget, the the thing about the show. All right, fine. But then they've started kind of going heavier and heavier, and it's starting to go into that Star Wars magic territory where it's like, uh, no, this is not really science anymore. It's just mm-hmm. Picard you know. did that a bit too. That drove me nuts. Yeah, um, I'm hoping Strange New Worlds gets back to that, and that's what it seems to be, right? Like that idea of going back to, we're just going to explore the universe and see new things. Um, so I'm hoping they get back to that idea. We'll see it. I think it's just getting ready to premiere. It was just red carpet tonight. But um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to assume that Discovery will be back for another season. I think it's performing well enough for their online service. Maybe they just need to give it a different idea, though, right? Um, They've really... The captain that's in this, it's kind of... To the ridiculous point at this point in time, right? Where you're like... I mean, they're not a god, right? And, like, everything revolves... Like, the things we're like... That would never be that way, (laughs) right? They'll reveal that the captain's been Q the whole time. Don't worry. Well, I don't... But you know what I mean? Like, there'll be some big diplomatic thing and then suddenly she'll step in and you're like that's not the way any of this would work right (laughs) like you're a you're a starship captain you're not an ambassador or anyway it's what it is it's it's all right i i so can you have fun watching the show yeah the character is all right yeah i'll see where it goes well i'll leave it at that i don't regret it but mm, i don't know you're gonna have to keep me hooked if you want me to come back. Um, Elden Ring, I, I think the only thing I would mention about that, I'll try to keep it short and sweet, is um, I think I, I finished up the PS5 version since the last time we talked, so I got the trophy, the platinum or whatever on that one. And um, just been goofing off around with it after that. At some point in time, probably start another build-up. But um, kind of, I think, seen most of what's to be seen within the game. But... Um, Still, it's really well done. It's pretty fantastic. There's no opinion change after a second playthrough. Still, no. one of the greats. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic game, and obviously it's a lot easier the second time playing through because 
you know the patterns, you know some of the gimmicks, you yeah. kind of know what's coming. Although it's it's a big enough game where you don't remember everything, you just can't. Um, so, you know, it's not total like, oh yeah, here, I just push this thing and it's fine. But um, as long as you change your build up, you know, you have a different idea of how you have to play. You can't play it the same way you did last time, so you still have to learn some things and it gives you some different variety to it. And You just get to try some... It forces you to use tactics you didn't use before, right? And um, it does force you to adapt your play style. So, like the change from start to from Dark Souls three to this game is probably the biggest one. I would say is jump. Right? They added a jump button. There was always a way to jump before, but it wasn't really a core mechanic. And now there's a jump button. And so, like my first playthrough, I'm still playing it very similar to how I would play like Dark Souls three, right? I'm not using the jump button a lot. Only when I need to, like, oh, I need to go over there, I have to jump. But really, there's a lot more incorporated into it. And so this second time around, really incorporating that into my play style a lot more, right? Like, oh, there are certain attacks where it, you just jump them, right? Don't block, don't roll, jump this. That's the way that this should be done. Or... Um, you know, there are jump attacks that work really well in certain situations. So learning to play the game the way it's designed instead of the first time around, kind of trying to make that jump. So I think I've moved over to that camp. Um, still really good. Um, some point in time, I know I want to be able to talk about that. So either you know, give you guys a little time if you guys want to do it at some point and I've I'll, I'll recruit some other souls and uh well we'll do a talk but i definitely want to be able to talk about elden ring uh, at some point in time here but i don't want to bore you guys to death because i know it wouldn't make any sense to you anyway um up next cpt 2022 started so the new season of cpt this is the last season for street fighter 5 and so the first uh qualifier was tonight i watched a little bit of it before we hopped on and i'll i'll catch the rest of the stream um, when I get back. Obviously being the final season of this game and it's the game has gone a lot longer than they ever planned it to because of COVID and everything. I think probably two years longer than they ever planned it to. Uh, it's interesting to see the player mix and kind of what's going on with it and coming out of COVID, but it'll be interesting to see how things go as well when they make the switch over to the new game. And I would imagine through the year we'll start to see dribbles of more information besides just the logo or what everybody griped about um and the first <laughs> cameo piece i forgot about that <laughs> yeah it's like, it alive people it's a logo who cares can't play logos we, we say touch grass now <laughs> um and then lastly vrr finally got released for ps5 um, so just that, in time for your elden ring playthrough thank well no it, uh, <laughs> afterwards just drop this week but they implement that. Remember when we like played uh, the God of War 2018, and then like the week after I finished, they're like, "Hey, PS5 update." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, seems like the way here too. So I tried playing it um, just a couple times with VR. It's they've just Sony makes me scratch my head sometimes. They've done it in a very different way than way Microsoft has, right? Um, in the Xbox. Well, A, it was just built in from the start because it was in the older Xboxes as well. So it wasn't a new feature. And it's just a system level thing, right? If your display does VRR, it goes, okay, fine. Yep, no problem, done. There's nothing else to worry about. Um, in PlayStation 5, 
Um, obviously, you can turn it on or off. Um, but the way it works is it's expecting the publishers to patch the games to have VRR support. So, and, and then it has, I guess, what you'd maybe consider an unsupported VRR mode. So it's like you can just turn it on. It's like, it might work. It might cause problems. Mm, good luck. And so, yeah, as you can imagine, not a lot of games are, besides first-party stuff, are getting VRR patches this early. So I turned it on with uh, Elden Ring, played for a little while, seemed fine. Um, I didn't go into any areas that had caused some real big problems before, so I'll probably venture into a few, see if the frame rate problems look as terrible so as they did. with Elden Ring, did, did they put out a patch for it, or is that just the system level one you're hoping for the best kind of thing? Yeah, I think they probably will. I mean, it makes sense at some point in time, but obviously... I have no idea how long it's been in the cooker, but you know, Sony about a month ago or something said, "Hey, we're finally gonna bring VRR," and then it was like, "Oh, hey, it's here, kinda." <laughs> so, yeah, they just haven't. And there was a patch all. just a few days ago, right? So uh, I don't know how often their patches roll out. Is if it's you know biweekly or monthly or whatever? They do pretty regular. Most of them are around balance and glitch patches. So, and that's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably because probably what you're used to with Destiny, Bill, because uh, obviously there's PVE that's a part of this, so there's some things that are just stupid overpowered or glitched or whatever, right. and they're broken, and everybody yeah. complains. You know and... you know what they'll do? If something's really bad, they won't like release a hotfix or anything since they control everything server-side. They're like, we've disabled Telesto. Oh, <laughs> so no, they don't do that. So you can't equip it. <laughs> They're not that heavy-handed, but usually you'll get a patch or like a minor yeah. something after a few it, weeks. It's it's rare that they disable a thing, but they can do it. Yeah, usually it's like we'll get little hot fixes that are like very small little balance things, and then you know like we'll get bigger updates on like a bi-weekly and like a you know seasonal basis. Yeah, usually what it is is um, obviously bug fixes. So people find bugs all the time and and report them. So that stuff's nothing new. They introduced another bug in the last big patch that I actually ran into. So one of the last few bosses you get to, um, it won't be a spoiler or anything, I think everybody knows it, and it won't matter anything to you guys anyway. It's this, this it's a, a boss fight with this, it's called Godskin Duo. I won't go any farther than that. But there was a glitch with that one and some other ones where um, you, if you, like, in some situations they would just instantly die. And um, I ran into that. Like I got, I did this thing, and then just their their life bar was just gone. You win. I was like, okay, uh, I'll take it. Um, I didn't feel too cheated since I've already beat the game without the glitch before. So it's not like, oh man, I didn't earn that, or I didn't feel dumb about it or anything. Um, it was just weird. It was like, oh, that was really weird to run into that. I've never seen something like that before. But other people apparently have, have had the issue with some other things. Usually it's about this weapon is too strong or this thing is not good enough. or It's kind of like fighting games as well, right? They're always trying to like yeah, balance, get, the, yeah. get the balance right so one thing is not stupid overpowered and the other thing is not, okay, nobody will ever use this thing because it's ridiculously pathetic. Um, they don't always go crazy with it because it's not... I think PvE is a thing. But it's not the centerpiece, right? So right. I think they try to keep them reasonably happy, but 
they're not going to like break the game or do other things to keep them. Because there's some things that are, I don't know, I wouldn't call it busted, but there's definitely some techniques against like enemies that are probably too good in some scenarios, right? Where it's kind of like, you know, this is probably an optimal build to do this. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's always the fun build, but at least right now it's probably the optimal. And, um, you know, that probably shouldn't be a thing, but whatever. You know, that's just kind of the way it goes. So anyway, I'll be curious to see how uh, VRR um, goes with PS5. I'm going to give it some more play. I'll report back. But that's that's what's going on for me. Sounds good. Yeah. So, so real quick, yeah. just because you mentioned VRR and you know graphics card technology, I forgot to mention this, but computer graphics cards not only have come down to MSRP at a lot of places, they're in stock regularly. <sighs> Like at places years. like Amazon and Newegg Good. and Best Buy, like not every day, but like every couple of days, I'll look and it's like there it is. You could order it, and in a few places, you it's not available, but oh, you can order it. It'll ship within a few weeks. It's like geez, like it took us this long to figure this out. So well, I, like... I'm still probably a little ways away from ordering because I do believe that $899 is still way way too much to spend on a 3080, but it was like. $1,500 like a month ago. So they're coming down. Well, it's kind of like the Xbox Series X and stuff. Like it was, you know, for a while is uh, kind of just like PS5s. It was unobtainium. And here lately, it seems like they're a lot more available and available yep. for longer periods of time. And so yeah. they just had a really good sales month because they're, sounds like they're able to finally catch up to demand. Yeah, because you could get them. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I saw, I, I mean, I, it was screenshotted on Twitter, so I have no idea if how accurate it is, but it was NPD numbers for stuff. And I was surprised to actually see it was uh, Xbox outselling PlayStation 5 in the U.S., in North America, not yeah, elsewhere yeah. in the world. But yeah. I'm going to guess some is, of that's it, just how many they can produce. Yeah, totally. It's, it's stock availability for sure. But yeah, it was definitely encouraging to see, like, you know, just the availability being so good. And, uh, um, and and just just comparing like consoles, like of course there's the secondary market that's you know trying to sell consoles for eight, nine hundred, a thousand plus dollars, but it always surprises me when retailers sell things for over MSRP, Ugh. like so gross. And, and and I don't know the inner workings of like you know if Microsoft has an agreement with them and they're like listen like you will sell this for four ninety nine or like we're not doing business and that's why they keep it there because when Nvidia sells this card for an MSRP of eight ninety nine to Best Buy and Best Buy sells it like for fourteen ninety nine it's like guys like who's you know is some, who needs to be controlling who and like is that happening just to you know because you're you're taking the the gamer out of it and you're putting them into the hands of the crypto people because they're the only people who can make up that cost the reason why the price is coming down is because the crypto i'm not a crypto expert but you used to be able to farm crypto with one of these cards and make up the money that it costs you to buy the card relatively quickly i don't know if it's if it's the cards aren't mining as good as as efficiently as they used to or if the or if the crypto is does not have the value that it once did but it now takes like a year plus to recoup the cost of one of these cards so the crypto people aren't buying them anymore that's the problem Um, with crypto is the more mining that happens the harder it is to mine so you have an ever escalating you know at some point in time it gets to the point where there's never going to be a value proposition for mining. 
Right. All right. There'll be a certain point in time where the energy cost to mine one Bitcoin will be far beyond how much you could right. ever get for that Bitcoin. I also think a lot of people who think they're going to get into mining don't think about the energy cost oh, at God. all. And yeah. these things are drawing power <laughs> like you would not believe. Like the new 4000 series GeForce cars, they're saying it might require like a 900 watt power supply, which no one you know in your life owns a 900 watt power supply. So yeah, it's that's, like, at some point in time, you're going to have kilowatt power supplies, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're out there. It's just like no one has them because they're like boutique items and they're just for like the people who have five grand to, to, to spend on a look what I have type PC, right? But like if the 4000 series GTX requires a kilowatt, like the, the, the GPU industry has lost touch with the people that are playing their games. Could you imagine trying to pay the power bill on running a kilowatt rig? 24 hours a day, seven days which, a week. Which, which is why so many of the people who like run these things are like, I'm in college. I'm not paying a power bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's... I'm just glad to see. Just with, with you speaking about VRR, I just wanted to mention, like, it is nice to see the prices yeah. and the availability coming back to Earth. Um, I still think it needs to be half of what it is now for me to make a move, but it's at least it's a good direction. Yeah. I hope to have a couple scores to talk about by the next show, but they're not here yet. So nice. I have a couple scores. Yes. That I picked up. I got the last two things I was waiting on from Limited Run. Finally came to my door. Uh, so I got Sam and Max Save the World, which I like. Like I, I love when Limited Run puts out something I, I want, but like this one was one that I just assumed I would never have because I got really into the Sam and Max games when they came out on the Wii. I got both of those and they they like continue the same story and then when the sequel to that story came out it was digital only on xbox and i was like oh god i'm not <laughs> doing that i will never get to see how this ends and boom they put out a switch version so mm. i have that so i can finally uh, see how that ends and along with that uh came the neo geo pocket color volume one collection nice uh i have never bought a special edition from limited run i always just get the regular ones this time i bought the special edition uh because it came with a big book uh jeremy Parrish wrote the retronauts guy uh that's like kind of a like a little history lesson on the neo geo pocket color which i'm not very familiar with so that was actually really insightful and then it's got a few pages on each game there's 10 games in the collection and it even has like a little like and here's the roots of that game like a page like talking about king of fighters and a page talking about samurai showdown and all the, all these other games that are in it so i've already read that book and it was awesome and now i'm, I'm really pumped to try these games out so i gotta stick that in soon and, and uh spend an afternoon with it nice. yeah um, um yeah, fun playing uh like the card fighter games that are in there i don't know all the details but i know like that was a big thing on neo geo pocket wasn't it like the card fighting games uh i think there was a couple but they're not in this collection no card fighters there's uh there's lots of traditional fighters uh there's the metal slugs one and two hmm. and there's a game called dark buster arms that i'm really curious about where it looks like a kind of plays like a top-down zelda kind of game but with guns and like there's an experience thing and like a little rpg hmm. uh, it looked really interesting so i'm pretty curious to try that one out too cool yeah 
Um, last time we talked, I think I was complaining about Urban Champion with you guys. Um, a lot of pots so dropped on your head? A lot of pots. And, like, they never try and drop the pots on the CPU. They only try to drop the pots on you. Uh, like, and, and sometimes I'd even try and lure the CPU to the pots. <laughs> and, like, they knew. They would dodge usually. I got them to connect once or twice, but, like, it didn't happen very often. Uh, but anyway, uh, I so I found out that you have to get to stage 138 to get the rank of champion in that game. And then you'd never get another rank after that. So I played it a bunch and I kept getting to around stage 60 and the, the AI gets a little bit harder like every I don't know, like 20 levels or something. And so around the mid sixties is when the AI maxes out. So I've got to get there and then I've got to play double that plus 10 levels at the hardest mode so i had to first i had to get there and play enough games that you, you could figure out how the ai functions and what's going to work and not going to work and man that cop car drove me nuts because i would get him right close to finishing him off and the cop car would come and then you go both go back to your starting positions and you start again in the middle and it never happened when i was about to die i never had a cop car come in and save my <laughs> life uh, and then the, the really bad thing about them, though, is if, if it goes for long, you have a long, tough match, and you get down to about 20 seconds or less, and the cop car comes and resets it, if he hits you before you hit him, it just moves you back far enough you lose. Like, you can't mm. really recover from it, because at that AI level, they block a lot, so you can't hit enough times to, to move them back over. So it was so stressful whenever a car would come near the end of the match, uh, and you just you couldn't screw up at all, or you would lose the match. Uh, but watch some videos, uh, of there's, there's a few guys that have videos up of the Famicom version where they've gotten pretty far. So I was kind of seeing their tactics and, and I couldn't get them to work. And then I finally played it enough times that the timing kind of clicked and I got it to work and I found a consistent method to, to play and, and do pretty good. So I got to stage 138 without losing a single life. Wow. And then I, I was curious cause all of the videos I'd seen, cut off there like nobody tried to go further so i just wanted to make sure uh you couldn't go further so i did another 18 levels <laughs> because if you do 18 that's how many it takes to like move up a rank so i saw if it's not showing anything like it's in the background gathering those if i hit 18 then it'll switch to something if there's something there and nothing happened I'm still champion rank so i was happy called that called urban champion done and i thought that was the last nes game i had to revisit and then I got to thinking... It's never going I'm to like, be over. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> but So I'm, I'm making this list of all the games that have multiple quests in them. Because I've, I've been finding that very interesting. I wanted to kind of look into it. And Chris was helping me with uh, with the eight eyes with the Taxan newsletters mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I, I'm like, there's a lot of Taxan games. And the company that develops a lot of these games called Kid. Uh, like I'm like, all their games seem to have second quests or third quest and so i'm like there's two games that these guys put out uh gi joe the atlantis factor and magician where i'm like th they've got to have multiple quests even though I, I it didn't seem obvious that they did so I dug into a little more and sure enough both of those games have multiple quests in them they both have three loops and a different ending at the end of the third loop uh so yeah like gi joe when you beat it all it does is it, it does like a character roll call and then it says to be continued and so I would assume, like I did the first time I played it, that that meant, you know, G.I. Joe 3, when that came out, that's what they were talking about. But they were like, no, you do another loop, 
that's also to be continued and then when you do that loop then you get the ending here's some credits do you ever look up like uh that website the cutting room floor which has like a lot of data in it just in the last few weeks i have been digging into that room it is awesome that's actually helped me a lot with the eight eyes solving that mystery because the famicom version does not have any extra loops it's only the north american version wow that's weird for them to add that so weird and yeah, like that one's just, it's still pretty bizarre. Like, I don't know how they expected anyone to even do the third loop unless you like subscribe to Nintendo Power yet because I haven't found any kind of official sources that, that give the code to access it. Yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, obviously they had that newsletter and I didn't have the right issue for that. So maybe it was no, one of those. I still need to dig through some of those. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And who knows if it was called video diction the whole run or not i mean i just yeah and if they change names then that's going to be hard to figure out too yeah into it a bit. yeah i would imagine yeah that would probably be something like uh that video game history foundation or whatever probably has those things i would guess i'm hoping so if i can't find scans anywhere i'm gonna i'm gonna look into that some more yeah. i'm definitely not done digging into multiple quests um then uh so Taxan also published Magician, um, so I looked into that one, and it has like an ending when you beat it. And what I didn't realize the first time, because I you get uh, it's kind of like a King's Quest game where if you do certain objectives, it's like here's some points, and at the end of the game, you can have X amount of points. And so I, I beat Magician, and I missed something. I don't know what it was, but I missed one thing. So I had like uh 9900 mp out of 10000 and so when you do that they're like here's your ending takes you back to the title screen it's it seemed normal uh but if you beat it with the perfect score you get that 10000 mp it's like hey you did pretty good but there's more do another loop and then you do that loop and if you get 10000 in that loop as well it's like oh you're almost there one more to go <laughs> and then you do the hardest loop and the, the only thing they change for difficulty-wise in that game for each loop is they make the enemy's health regenerate faster. It's like per second. So the first loop, they regenerate like 4 HP per second, which is it's meaningless. Like your, your spells do at the minimum 4. Most of them do way more than that. Uh, so the second loop, they do 8 HP uh, a second, which still isn't too bad because you can usually cast spells quick enough that uh, it's not an issue. You're hitting them way faster than they're recovering. In the third loop, it, it double it again, so it's 16. And then there's an issue on some of the bigger guys. Uh, so, so some of the bad guys are stationary. Most of them are. So they're not a problem. You just you know throw some shields on, shoot some lightning. You can literally stand there and just tank it if you wanted to. Uh, but there was one boss that's a dragon, and he just flies up and down in like a U-shape. And so when he's up, you can't hit him because you can't you'd have to switch to like a flying or jumping spell, but then you don't have your attack spell uh, just because of how the game's set up. You can't do both at the same time. So he's regenerating all his life back. And man, I got stuck on this, that one stupid boss for so long. And I'm not sure if there's some kind of randomness because it doesn't actually show you any of the numbers if when they're regening. Uh, so I just one time I beat him, but it didn't seem like I did anything too different than the other, you know, 30 times I tried to beat him. But yeah, that part, and that's pretty early in the game. So I was, I was worried that the rest of the game was going to be rough too. But after that guy, it was not too bad. Uh, but so I, to my knowledge right now, 
I have done the NES library once again. That's my third loop. Going through the <laughs> yeah, bring it on, uh, commenters. I'm sure somebody out there on the I, internet. So I'm. I'd actually enjoy that. Like that would be interesting to me if there's something else they ever like because it it's going to be the weird, really weird. I stuff think you now, need I to think. start hitting all these people on Twitter and being like, I think I did it. I think here it is. I think I did it. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't have enough followers for that to work. I don't think. I mean, you got, but I, you got the documentation. You can show it. No, I mean, I don't. Have, I won't reach enough people to take. No, me up you on that challenge. reach out to them, right? So reach out oh, to like your who, like Jeremy you Parrish's, your Frank Cifaldi's, your you know. Those guys don't finish games. They you know, they find out who made them and how long it took to make them. Right, but they they're in that milieu to be able to go, hey, everybody, or whatever, right? Yeah, like if they were willing to shout it out, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think if you came out someone... with, hey, I'm looking for somebody to, to point out if I didn't do it, because I think I did it, right? That's a, that's a good idea. I'll do that. I need someone to put me in touch with Ken Lobb, because I need to ask him about Eight Eyes and, and a few other taxi <laughs> games he's really curious about. It. And he, like, when we asked that he's not on Twitter? He is on Twitter. He's just uh, a little more private. Like he's got his DMs closed, and uh, he works for Microsoft still. Like he's still in the gaming industry. I think you should just like have a, not like a pestering, but maybe like once every couple weeks, right? Hey Ken, here I here's the thing, right? Like I've done beaten your games, got some questions. Like here's the. He specifically said he respects me and and appreciates my time in some of those endings. So (laughs) I do feel like I I should have uh, got his attention. Screenshot those, right, or or something. Can. Yeah, that's like the Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, I finished uh, Dragon Quest Seven finally, which was about twice as long as every other Dragon Quest game. Yeah, and it didn't. It shouldn't have been. It was. It was too much. It's like the Batman. Uh, no, 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 no <laughs> it's just right. Um, so if you don't know the loop to that one, like you, you may. You're the only island that exists at the start of the game, and you're rebuilding the islands. You're putting them back on the map by going to the past and solving some kind of problem the island has that this uh, evil lord uh, put upon them. Then you go back to the present, revisit that island, do the same things again sometimes. So it gets really repetitive because there's 19 islands to restore that you have to do twice each. And then when I thought I was done... It was like, oh, no, we're cutting you off from the world again. And you have to go redo a bunch of islands, like four different islands again another time. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a drag. And it might have the like the worst cast I've ever played in any JRPG. Like, they don't talk. Like, they're just there. They're, they're lifeless and meaningless. And they don't do anything with them. Yeah, I think... Yeah, kind of famously, I think Enix really struggled to make the 3D leap, and that game took forever and a lot of problems. Yeah, and from what I hear, the 3DS version like made it a lot more playable, and that's the version I played, and it still wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah definitely. I think looked upon as the the rough one. Yeah, and I would agree with that at this point. I like. I think I've said in the past, like each one's gotten a little better than the last. Uh, 
I don't think this one's even better than the first one. I'd rather play the first one again. But you're on to another good one. one now. So I am on to eight, which which brings us to our topic. Because I've been playing through all of the Dragon Warrior games, Dragon Quest games. So I have to ask first, are you and playing 3DS or are you playing PS2? I am. 3DS. I started the 3DS this morning. Okay. Um, yeah, the only thing I've noticed in the 3DS and DS remakes is they keep adding stupid little, like, hey, here's a street pass feature or, like, an online, like, download a random dungeon. Bonus dungeon. Kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're stupid, so I just <laughs> ignore those things and carry on. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, so I've been having fun. Like, even though Dragon Quest Seven didn't sound like fun, there were fun parts in it. It's not totally garbage. Uh, but I just love the experience of playing through an entire series and kind of seeing how they evolve and change where the you know the highs and the lows are. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about your experiences as well, playing through entire series of games, not just one or two. Um, I didn't define this well to you guys. I just kind of assumed a series would have at least three games in it as, as like a minimum. Same that reasonable. Um, yeah, so is that something... So that something... will conclude the Destiny talk for the uh, rest that, of the podcast? That's specifically why I said three. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, never going to be a Destiny three, so... <laughs> so I, I think I can name at least one that both of you have, have played through like a series. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So can I take a stab at it first? Yeah. Chris, Chris is easy. You've played through every Souls game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy. Cake. Uh, Bill, uh, you've played through all, at least the mainline Kingdom Hearts. Second. Correct. Yes. Awesome. Uh, any other series you guys have done? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Chris, you go first. What, what else have you played through? I've played every Fantasy Star game that came out in oh, North man. America. I will put that caveat. Including the online ones. Too, yeah, right? I played... Uh, yeah, I played... I've played all the Fantasy Star on there online. Online. Did you play online too? Too. I did for a little bit. Um, really? Universe. I played a little bit. Didn't like that very much. Um, <laughs> what about that card battle one? Did you do that one? I have. Yeah, I've got that on the GameCube. Yeah? I have. Uh, I nice. have card battle. Yes. So um, yeah, I've played every every Fantasy Star game that came out in North America. That's one. I've played other series, but yep, I'll start with that one. All right. How about you, Bill? I played every EA Sports hockey title. Uh, <laughs> like, is that an exaggeration, or have you actually done nope, that? Nope, I've played every one. I played every one of them, um, and I wow. guess it would depend on what you count as, you know, like finishing it. Because if you just play through a season, or play through the playoffs, or win the Stanley Cup, but then there's like, you know, do you count that, you know, being on All Star difficulty or stuff like that? So I don't know what you consider completing. Well, do you it, get but... a different ending by Ken Lobb if you do All Star difficulty? Well, yeah, if if you you have to put in Link as the name of your team, <laughs> and then you get a whole second set of playoffs. <laughs> he didn't ask <laughs> if you completed every game in the series. He asked if you played every game in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, so I've played every uh, mainline EA NHL game, also every 2K NHL game. Uh, but in, in more seriousness, um, I've played every mainline Halo game, uh, every uh, uh, to uh, to completion, um, and. Uh, there, yeah, and Kingdom Hearts was the other one that I kind of had to, uh, uh, stashed away. There are others that like feel like cheats, uh, like Street Fighter Two, uh, you know, one and two. Um, you know, it, it's because there's 900 versions of two. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, and then 
uh, kind of lead into one of your questions coming up is like, you know, like mainline or side games. So Kingdom Hearts specifically has more side games than main games. So it's one of those that uh, when I think about the series, I think about the main They're all canon, ones. right? I do believe so. And the, re- and the way they get away with that is because they can just exist in some weird dream that they can just point to later <laughs> and say, oh, that was Ron just had like a bad mushroom. And like that was that game, you know, so... But yeah, it's uh, uh, the the Halo and Kingdom Hearts. Um, and I, one note I wanted to give to this is, I do not believe I've ever played a game late in the series, and, and I, I have played a game late in the series. Then thought I should go back and play the earlier games, but I've I don't believe I've ever done that. Every series I've played, I played the first game early on. And I was like, they got me. Let's keep going. And like, I kept going from there. I I have gone back and played earlier games and series, but never everything in the series that I can think of. I'm genuinely impressed about the hockey games. Like, I I like I knew you collected them. I didn't realize you'd actually like played all of them. Like, yep. that's awesome. That's yep. really cool. Um, all right, Chris, what else you got on your oh, list? Man. I mean, we could spend a lot because lots of series have more than one. I mean. That's probably not very hard. Three is the qualifier. I mean, like, I've played all the Bravely Default games. Okay, there's three yeah. of those. Um, yeah. I've played all the Streets of Rage games. Okay, there's four of those and a Game Gear yeah. game that's really just a, a port. And, I mean, you know, we could keep going. Like, Street Fighter, I've played all the Street Fighters, including weirdo, rando versions like Rainbow Edition and stuff. Um, Did you play the 3D one on the PlayStation? I, EX, EX plus Alpha. Yeah. Uh, EX. I've actually played a bunch of them. Yeah, I played the, played all those. And weren't my favorite, but I did play them on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Those endings are funny, though. Yeah, they were, it was a weird time and a weird series. Uh, I was much more into straight Alpha at the time, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think I could probably keep going on. I mean, there's, I've probably played all the Aleste games, um, you know, okay. so playing like shooters, um, to my knowledge, Gradius, I've played yeah, all the Gradius, Gradius right? games. I've played mm-hmm. all the Parodius games. I've, mm-hmm. you know, we could keep going, but I mean, you know, it's, it's not hard if three is the qualifier. There's tons of series you, that probably. And you do play. get. And you do get a little bit into the weeds on, you know, like what's considered a series with certain games, because like I think about I think about Sonic the Hedgehog and I think about (laughs) Sonic one, two, three knuckles like I I see that as like a series of games. And then, yeah, then, and we then had they CD. made a four in the 2000s that was episodic and download only. Yep. Yep. Way later. And then like, lock on technology been... of the future, man. And then there's also <laughs> been Adventure one and two. And then, you know, Mania, and it's like, where do you draw the line of have you played every, you know, so there's almost like series independent of each other, like within that character. Yeah. So it's, it's, it gets a little bit uh, murky. That's kind of like, I'm a big Mega Man fan and I kind of break that up too. Like I've played all the classic Mega Mans. I've yeah. played all the X and Zero games, which yeah. I would kind of lump those together. I have not played all the Legends games or the Battle Network games and stuff. All the soccer's? I have played all the soccer. <laughs> I was gonna say I've played all and the Castlevania the games, but I don't think I ever played Lords of Shadow. So, oh, that's another really good point. So the yeah. like you know you got your two D side scrolling Vanias, and then you got your your three Ds with your Lament and uh, uh, Curse. Yeah. yeah, I played like the PS two Castlevania and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I never once it got to Lords of Shadow, I went, oh, I'm good. <laughs> There's there was there was too. one 3D Castlevania I really liked. I'll have to go back and see what I could tell from the album. I like from the Lament box of Innocence. 
That one's my favorite. Let me look at the box the art and see if that was it. Uh, and this one, you guys, we all played together. I think you've played all the Mass Effects, right? Yeah, we, yeah, that's true. That. Yep. Yeah. Bioshock. I've played every single with, with the adults. Yeah, we've yeah. all done all the Bioshocks. Yeah. So and but does that get murk? Because like Bioshock, if you're talking like Bioshock One, Two, Infinite, Minerva's Den, you know, there's like those kind of the games that's they're like kind of like spiritually related to like the System Shocks. Like I I wouldn't consider them no. you know series, even though they're kind of like in that same like family. Yeah, I I did want to get into that. Like, like, there's other ways to define series. Like, if Chris wanted to do all the FromSoft games or something, go right. back to Kingsfield and and uh, played some Kingsfield, and, uh, Armored Core yeah. and stuff. Yeah, or, but I won't or, play or, every game they've yeah. ever made. Some of them are yeah. no. So, so yeah, it's so yeah, it's exactly like like how you define the series. Like, if you define the series as the Bioshock games, one, two, Minerva's Den Infinite. If you define it as Ken Levine shock games, then maybe you could expand it a little bit. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And like some series that I feel like I have played through, like I I haven't played everything. Like like I've played every numbered King's Quest game. Mm. But I haven't played the weird Mask of Eternity one, mm. uh, and there's there's only the one spinoff I think in that one, so it kind of feels like maybe I should play that one to complete the series. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it always, it's also so different that I don't know if I even count it. Right. Yeah, definitely not uh, not easy to define. Um, so, do you guys typically count spinoffs or shootoffs, or have you ever done something where you've played all the spinoffs and like everything you can finally like? Chris explained the fantasy star. It sounds like he has. Yeah, I've played uh, them any, all. Anything else? So, so for me, when <sighs> I played Kingdom Hearts one, I really liked Kingdom Hearts one, and I was like, "Give me more Kingdom Hearts." It was Chain of Memories was the next like product to be released because it came out after Kingdom Hearts GBA one, one, before Kingdom Hearts two. Yeah, first place it was released was GBA. Then ended up on the collections years later. And I do not believe I had a GBA at the time, so the girl I was dating in college had a GameCube. And I said, well, here we go. Let's get this uh, Game Boy Player action uh, going for uh, for Chain of Memories. And uh, it, it wasn't something that I ended up finishing. It Like, the card battle, you know, aspect of it was just different enough for me that I didn't feel like it was a Kingdom Hearts game. It felt like a card battle game like with, like, a coat of paint on it. And it was like, you know, make it to this room and I'll make it to this room. And it just wasn't what I loved about the series, so I didn't stick with it. So for me, I would still count it as completing all the mainline Kingdom Hearts games. And I completed a lot of side games. Like, I'll try any side game in a series that I think is interesting. Um, and I'll and I'll stick with it to completion if I like it. Like the... the, the multiplication division uh you know 358 over <laughs> seven squared uh, times pi play that game you, all the way through like you always talk about the the formula you should just figure out what that equals and then you can just save yeah. yourself some time yeah solve for x <laughs> like kingdom hearts two days or yeah two and a half kingdom days hearts or uh, 47 yeah. minutes and 12 seconds yeah. um so there's that one and then there was um uh, uh the psp one was really really good played that all the way through um, so yeah, so it's, and then getting back to I mentioned Halo before. So there's the Halo Wars games, which I wouldn't say you have yeah. to play Halo Wars to say you've made it through Halo. But I'll try something in the uh, you know in the universe, and if I like it, I'll go with it. Like and the same thing with Final Fantasy. Seven was the first one I played, 
And my immediate thought once that was done was give me more. I've never played a JRPG before, so I was like, give me more of this. So first thing I looked at was like, okay, let me go backwards to other Final Fantasy games. Found out, you know, very quickly that they're all like Nintendo and Super Nintendo. And that was cool, but like I, I wanted something more similar to Final Fantasy VII. So I just started looking for other JRPGs on the PS1 and looking forward to Final Fantasy VIII. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's oh so the point I was getting to is tactics. So that was the other game that was available at the time. I was like, all right, let me give this a try. And it's like, okay, it's completely different. It's a tactics game, just like they told me. And you know, I stuck with it long enough to realize, oh man, this is like a whole other genre that I could get into with uh, you know other like types of tactics games, especially on the console. So sometimes it gets you into other directions like that. But uh, but yeah, the spinoffs are never something that I say. I've not played through this whole series if I haven't played through the spinoffs. And there's some series where, even though, I mean, technically it's a series, I don't even know if I would really call it that. Like, okay, I've played all the Kid Icarus games, but would you really call that a series? I mean, right. the 3DS game, nothing like the other ones. Um, so, yeah, I think it's hard. Sometimes things just jump around yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, like the the Ico trilogy, like they're not really linked, but they also kind of feel like they're linked. I I wouldn't yeah. fault someone if they said they played through those three as a series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd agree. Played all the Final Fight games. I mean, yeah, you did. You could probably just keep. I mean, there's probably so many of these things. If you really went back and looked, you probably. I bet most people at least played at least one series all the way through. Probably quite a few. I was surprised when I was, yeah, making my little list up because I thought there'd be like four or five and I had like 20 oh, yeah. and I yeah. probably could have kept going. I was like, I just got to cut it off here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's it, right? You find one game that you like, you're like, do you do that thing that Bill just talked about? Let me go try all these other ones out and see yeah. if they're, they're similar. Or sometimes they try to revive something and you try it and you're like, oh, no. Not the same anymore. Yeah. Right? And, like, and it- Kid Icarus, and it happens across industries too. Like um, uh, another one of my hobbies, you guys all know about, is a couple years ago we started getting into Lego, and I bought the the Lego A Wing, and so we got home, I built it, and I was like, man, Lego is way cooler than it was when I was a kid, and I was like, what else is available? So after a little time in the hobby, I realized whenever a new Ultimate Collector Series set comes out sales of the retired used uh you know retired and or used uh, ultimate collector uh sets spikes for like the following two or three months because everyone is in that same like i like this what else is there like this and i kind of same thing when what we see uh spikes in uh, uh you know back when we would follow the collector market and like uh oh like you know marvel versus capcom 3 is coming out get ready for that marvel versus capcom 2 you know spike for you know people to kind of you know get back in that same uh same, same it was usually field. whatever youtuber did a video on something that's right. a big one yeah so metal i'm sure i because like you know we we the guys we've talked to like they're like yeah like you know i decided to do a video on something then people blame me for the price spike and it's like you know i'm just over here trying to make content guys <laughs> stop being so damn popular <laughs> yeah um yeah i i'm i kind of pick and choose as well like you guys said like with the persona games i've played through all the main ones and the it sounds kind of like kingdom hearts where there's a lot of spin-offs and they are canon but they all have silly outs like if you don't want to count them as canon 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, this happened in a you know, parallel dimension. So even though it did happen, you yeah. don't need to really know what's going on to understand the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you get into some. T- there's. I was just gonna say you get into some series where we just didn't get certain games in the series, right? But we got all the other ones, so it's really weird. I mean, like, uh, um, <clears throat> hang on, I'm trying to think what the name of it is. The the Sega tactical one that's pretty popular. There was oh, like uh, Land Grizzer. No War Song. No, it's Her- the other Herzog's Wii. No. It's the one that's still pretty popular. They they still make sequels and games to it. Um, they always like look like teenagers that are from like the early 1900s or something. The, is it the Tales of Heroes kind of no. stuff? No. Anyway, Shogun Total War. What? No. <laughs> it's pretty popular. It's a Sega Tactics game. Somebody's yelling at us and going, but it's like anyway. Um, but it was like one of the P- PSP, like the third one, like the PSP game we never got here. But like all the other titles. Oh, been... Valkyria Chronicles? Yes, there you go. See? Okay. Yeah. Right? Sonic it's... Tactics? So it's weird that sometimes <laughs> that's it, right? Even if you wanted to play the series, it might be really difficult for you to even do it. Yeah. Yeah. You might have to learn Japanese. Yeah. No, I've, I've run into that with, um, uh, like on the PC side, where it's like I played uh, Skyrim and fell in love and I, I knew what I was doing because my father-in-law gave me the primer on Fallout 3 and then I was like now I get this now I want to go back and play Oblivion and I played Oblivion and I was like awesome now let's go play Morrowind and then it's like okay <laughs> how rough. do you like doing that on PC is hard doing that like get, getting like an OG Xbox game that's not too bad so you can still do it but then going back and playing 2 going back and like trying to play one like how do you like yeah, play so like, yeah exactly yeah so you you hit roadblocks <laughs> and some of those things uh, yeah. uh and same thing with fallout played three and i was like all right let's go back and play two hope you don't want an original copy because uh <laughs> you're gonna have to get out the checkbook um but thankfully there's you know stuff like good old games and places where you can you know like acquire you know copies if you're okay with doing it that way but yeah you definitely hit roadblocks on some of those uh if you want to go backwards yeah, I remember wanting to go through all the Metal Slugs because I loved 3. And uh, be- this was before that anthology collection came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I want to spend three grand a piece to get them for the MVS? It's yeah. like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, But then thankfully, yeah, the Wii and the PS2 got the anthology. So I was like, okay, I can play through the series now. There you go. Yeah. Um, do you guys ever get frustrated when a company does a spin-off that like you're, you you can just tell right away you're like this is not what i want from this series and like it's real like nintendo did a lot of them during the 3ds era like they put out a like i love pikmin they put out a crappy 3ds pikmin game everyone loves zelda they put out a crappy zelda game everyone loves metroid they put out a crappy metroid game yep. you just said so, kid icarus like, uprising right i mean and kid icarus too yeah like yeah. they like there was a lot of cool stuff in the 3DS, but they also did a lot of dumb things with big franchises on there. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, let's pull this out of the closet just so we can club it over the head and never see it again, right? Like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave it in the closet next time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was starving were people for a Metroid, and they put out Federation yeah. Force. Oh, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm usually pretty reasonable with, like, you know, if a spinoff comes, like, like I've mentioned Halo Wars already, so, like, I like Halo, I like Gears. I tried Halo Wars, and I was like, alright, this is cool, because I've, and I've played some, 
some RTS um, that I really, really like. It doesn't usually stick with me. I'm usually more of a turn-based guy, but I really, 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 really like the Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth uh, RTS game uh, that okay. was only on the PC. Um, and then the second one was on console. I know it was on 360. It might have been uh, cross-platform I think it was as just well. 360. It was just 360? Okay. So. Uh, it was good. It added some stuff that I wasn't nuts about, like base building and stuff like that, but I love, love, love that first game. So, like, I'll give anything a try. So, like, Halo Wars, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, but, like, I don't know if, if I'm really digging it. And then same thing, like, Star Wars, which there's a billion different Star Wars video games, right? So there was a strategy series called something, I don't remember, but it was it was on PC with strategy, and it was RTS, and it's like, okay, I got, like, Vader on the field, and he's doing stuff. Like, there's walkers. Oh, like, like Galactic Battlegrounds? Yeah, uh, oh, was it Galactic Battlegrounds? Hang on, I've, I've got it on Steam, so C- I'll... Could you have Gungans versus uh, versus the Empire? I don't know. I, I, I didn't make it that far, but yeah, Galactic uh, Battlegrounds Star Wars Battle Chess. Been it. Yeah, Battle <laughs> Chess. I, that, I actually really, really like Star Wars Battle Chess. Uh, the, the, the fatalities in that are great. Um... But yeah, it, it probably was Galactic Battleground, uh, just to, to not hold the show up. But yeah, I played a lot of that one. I love that one. It was, but it's one of those things that like, I love Halo, love Gears. I tried those strategy games, and I'm like, I played like a mission or two, and I'm like, all right, that's cool, not for me. So to answer the original question, it doesn't like frustrate me when they come out with something that's not the thing that I want from that series. I'm usually pretty much like, oh yeah, okay. I mean, there if there's an audience for this, it's not me. So. I'll just be over here playing my other thing, waiting for the thing that I like. Yeah, I didn't mean so much genre because mm. I love when they take a property that I enjoy and put it in a different genre, mm. even if it's not a genre I'm comfortable with. It's more you can like see that they didn't have the A team on it. Like, oh, they just didn't even have the in. B team. Because yeah, like with Halo Wars, like it looks really cool, yeah. very different. Like it doesn't gotcha. look like they phoned that game in. Whereas Hey Pikmin does not look anything like anyone that cares about Pikmin had anything to do with it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the the, the examples that you came up with, like the, the one that comes right to mind is is Metroid um, with the Federation Force, um, which is a little bit of both. It's like the it's like a genre swap, but like also like nothing that anybody like wanted in there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't think of a series that I like really, really cared a lot about that I ever had that kind of like bait and switch on where I was like, guys, like, who do you have working on this? How much did you love Dirge of Cerberus? So yeah, I, I, (laughs) it wasn't like, it wasn't really on my radar. Like I knew it was a thing that was happening. And then there was also like Dissidia. I was like, what is Dissidia? And when no one could tell me, I was like, all right, I'm going to ignore Dissidia. And then the other one was, um, uh, I, I just kind of like really into Square for a little bit, and it was like, um, the world ends with you, which like I heard a lot of hype about, and I played a little bit, and I'm like, all right, like I guess kind of, but like not really for me. And then okay, there was the other. It. You're the only person I've heard say that, and that's exactly how I felt when I played it. Yeah, like I was like, I get it, like I, I see what's going on, like not not really my jam. And then there was the other one. Um, really big long name square game around that same area it narrows it down none i know i know it's a it's a <laughs> on the ds again no i think it was did they have dream drop distance and it <laughs> no <laughs> square oh man was it psp psp, psp. Yeah, you you guys can keep going. I'll I'll find out what it was. But yeah, there was. But that that's when a lot of the. Um, so I guess to answer your question, 
that's when the frustration hit when like i really like seven final fantasy seven i really like final fantasy eight even though i know a lot of people weren't crazy about it and then i was just kind of like looking for other current final fantasy content because i wasn't like the hugest fan of going backwards besides six which i really really enjoyed so then i was like okay give me other square stuff and so much of the stuff that i was trying was like you know especially the uh, oh uh um Oh wait, was it Dissidia? Like, was Dissidia? Everybody loves Dissidia. air guys. All right. <laughs> uh, then there was then there was Crisis Core. Yeah, it's I'm I'll I'll find it. But yeah, like I remember like a handful of the of the Final Fantasy like adjacent content that I was like trying to consume. What did they call that? They had like a name for that, like Final Fantasy Seven arching series. I can't remember what they called it now. Oh, I they had some complicated name about. I, th- I think that's one. And it included like Crisis Core, and it was like a mobile phone game, and right. there was all this yeah. crap around it. I have a friend who's been playing a Final Fantasy mobile game for like I think a good ten years now, like daily. Wow. And man, does he have so much time invested into that game. <laughs> I wow. tried that game. I forget what it's called, but it's like the one that it, it has like all uh, the characters Final across Fantasy all the Record games. Keeper is yep. the one that he's playing. And it's, it's got, got like, you can do little battles. It's got the sound from every game. Like, it's really, really, really cool. I played it for like a week or two and I was like, all right, like, I can tell that it's the kind of thing now that just wants me to sink time into it or like additional money into it. And I was like, all right, I've had all the enjoyment. I'm going to get out of it. So I'm out. Yeah, just uh, I see him about once a week, and hearing him talk about the like late game stuff he's doing just sounds bonkers. <laughs> um, so Bill already answered this, but Chris, um, have you always started at the start of a series, or have, you, or have you ever hit it somewhere in the middle and then gone backwards to like fill in blanks after? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so like I would say with Final Fantasy as well, right? So. Uh, well, I, I guess I'd have to lie, but that's not exactly <laughs> true. I, I mean, I played the first Final Fantasy on the NES, but I wasn't into it, uh, I suppose. I mean, like, I remember my friend, and I we rented it and played it, but really, I don't think I got into the series until 4, 3, right. 2, whatever sense. we're going to call it here. You, you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, probably bigger than that would be, like, Fantasy Star. Like, I played Fantasy Star 2 first. And then I went backwards to the first one. And I think that's pretty common, right? I played um, Dark Souls before I played Demon Souls. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty common. I thing. actually played those ones in order. Oh, you played Demon Souls first? I did. I didn't beat it, but I, I got a few hours into it. You should play it on PS5. It's good. I should. It's gotten cheaper now. I should try and find a copy about now. Yeah, it's fun. And it's not that long. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Persona for me, I think that was the biggest one where I, I started in three, where they totally changed the series. And I, I'm really glad I did because I am confident if I started with one or two, I would not have played any of the other ones. It's just, nope, I don't need any of that. Yeah, I remember but, renting the first Persona game on PS1 when it came out and being like, what is this? <laughs> it's just yeah. like, how do I play this? But doing it the other way, and going back, like I finished one and two, both versions of two, and it's interesting to like see how it grew and evolved and just get those like little historical pieces now. 
uh, not necessarily playing it because I like I love the game. I'm just really curious about the franchise, and I like Shin Megami stuff in general. So that's a big part of Shin Megami. So it was it was interesting to go back to stuff like that that is really rough and just kind of see where those kernels of ideas came from. I think you give not necessarily because the game's awesome. Yeah, I think you give more. You'll give. You're willing to give more leeway to something because you know what it turned into and you're more curious than you are if you just came blind into it because like you know i was playing whatever like uh, one of the kingsfield games is it awesome no no it's not awesome <laughs> but i mean you see something and you're like okay yeah all right i kind of get this okay i see what i see where things went all right yeah and that's enough for you to play that game but would it be if i was there at that time and somebody was like here you gotta try this and probably like dude what what's no i yeah i would have hated it that way right yeah so you know i there's you have different reasons sometimes for playing all the games in a series besides just this is an awesome game i want to play 100 percent. uh one of my favorite experiences of playing through a series was last year when i got to write that article about uh twisted metal to play through all those because there's so many ups and downs in that series like every second game is either the worst or the best game in the series uh so it, it was cool to just have like that perspective looking back on it after and kind of seeing how it evolved seeing where creators left the series where they came back to the series uh what good ideas got pulled forward what bad ideas got pulled forward or got left behind and, like it's really kind of interesting in retrospective to uh, go through that sometimes too i've got a question so would you say to somebody Yes. I've played every, you know, if somebody were to say, I've played every game in this series, and you were like, did you play? Okay, like, you're, somebody said, like, okay, I played all the Final Fantasy games. Like, oh, did you play all the, like... Oh, my God. All, did you play all the GBA ports? And did you play the Wonderswan ports? I, I would ports? start with and, the MMO ones. Did you start with those? But, I, then, but I'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Would you, would, you, would you say, to have played the series, you also have to have played all those weird ports as well? Or would you just go like, yeah. nah, you played them once, you got the idea? Yeah. I think we just narrow it down with, like, are we talking main series or are we talking spinoffs and, and ports? And Yeah, I yeah. kind of see how they define it. And however they want to define it, yep. I'm happy with. There, there's many different correct answers to that. Right, question. but I mean, technically, Final Fantasy V on the GBA is not exactly the same game as Final Fantasy V. And same thing with like the other ones, right? I mean, yeah. I like just in, in my head, I would, oh, I always try to be like the least gatekeepery as oh, I sure. can possibly be. So like, if someone said to me, if we're just like chatting, and he was like, oh, like yeah, I'm a, I love Final Fantasy. I've played like all the Final Fantasy games. My the first thing out of my mouth would be like, wow, that's awesome. Like, what are some of your favorite, you know, like moments from that? Like, and what are some of the weird ones that like, you know, that so, and just kind of see where it goes from there. Um, I wouldn't try to qualify it for them, but definitely in my head, I'd be thinking, is this guy playing Final Fantasy 11? And is, you know, in his spare time, but like, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying and because like the there's so much there. Yeah. <laughs> and did you play there's, the original Final there. Fantasy 14 before it switched over to the, for the realm got reborn? Yeah. I mean, Right. I, and I'm not trying to, you know, I wouldn't either. I'm not going to sit and try to, like, poke holes. But, I mean, I think of, like, how Kelsey does things where, like, he's going back and playing these NES games mm. to the nth degree to make sure, like, no, I have done it all. It is complete, right? Mm. And there's 
just kind of different ideas behind what that means to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's NES games where I don't even know if I have a solid answer on what the ending is. Like, I, there's two or three answers where I'd say, yep, that's right. It's, it's just a gray area sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. The only reason I'd try and define like the final fantasy thing for example is just so that i can have the conversation like are we going to talk about one through 14 or are we talking about one through 14 but minus 14 and 11 or are we talking about x2 or lightning returns like and then it's like okay now i know where the conversation can go not because i want to tell them they're wrong or anything like that just here's the boundaries of what we can talk about now yeah because if somebody were to say Sometimes it's important just to understand the conversation, too, because if I'm going to talk about Final Fantasy VI, well, I mean, at this point, I mean, there's Final Fantasy VI on the Super Nintendo, there was the GBA port, there was PS, there was PS1, a PS1 port. port, which yeah. is terrible. There, the remaster on Steam just came right, out. Right, there's the Pixel remaster. So, I mean, somebody could say, like, oh, man, God, I played Final, Final Fantasy VI, and I, God, it drove me nuts! It sucked! Right. They could be talking about the PS1 version, like the crazy right. load times and stuff, right? Where and, and, I'd be and like, just quick, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just quick side note, while we're talking about, uh, I just mentioned Steam with the, uh, um, you know, the the pixel remasters coming out. When you want to talk about being able to play through a series with some of the series and publisher sales there, like you can grab like a series of games sometimes for like five to ten dollars. So it's a really affordable place to try to go back and play a series for anyone who's curious love collections like that such a good idea but then you get weird situations where like okay <laughs> like the gba games hell they like extra content stuck in there and yeah. that's not gonna be in that fmv pixel I, remasters I, I think or i think it was the chrono trigger had yeah, like some some low res videos same thing uh, on final fantasy 5 and 6 and all yeah. that for ps1 right and that I, never makes it I, I played out. through all of those versions Oh, anthology! Those, I forgot those my, the anthology disc. Uh, exposures yeah. to all those games, right? Those PS ones. Yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah, definitely less hmm. about the gatekeeping part and more about like, oh, awesome! Like you know, where'd you play this? Just so the conversation can go to a place where you can have a comparative conversation. Yeah, because I, if I could be like, man, the music is so fantastic. Maybe they played the GBA port, which is still pretty good, but it's not nearly right. as good as some of the other versions, right? Yeah, and a lot of times when people play mobile, it's like. You might be on a, you know, on a commute or on a bus, you know, like you don't have headphones in. So like, oh, I, ju- I didn't play it with the music on. You're like, what? Uh, <laughs> especially with some yeah. portable games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Or like Final Fantasy 4, right? The After Years. Well, that was <laughs> only on like PSP and mm. I mean. Yeah. You and then, get and then, some weird uh, situations yeah. with some of that so, stuff. Yeah, and, and another one that I haven't mentioned yet, but I played the first Metal Gear Solid game on PlayStation 1, like right when it came out, loved it. Played Sons of Liberty right when it came out, loved it. And uh, I kind of fell out of the series, like three, I've, I've mentioned on the show before, I've tried to play several times, I, it just doesn't click with me, even though I know a lot of people say it's like the best one story-wise, um, and possibly gameplay as well. And then I tried Guns of the Patriots. Same thing. Like, didn't really click with me. So I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, I kind of I have my two that, like, I love in the series. And, like, that's kind of where I fall out of it. And then five is much, much different um, with, you know, the open world and the mission aspect. But then talking about side games, like, you know, 
does VR missions count? You know, like does Peacemaker <laughs> yeah. count? Does all you know all these kind of like weird little yeah, all these little side <laughs> uh, you know novelty type things. Um, so again, it's you're, I would I would never revenge someone. Though, right, that one definitely counts. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. The uh, the you know the vinyl soundtrack that was only available at San Diego Comic Con, which I happen to own, does that count? Uh, <laughs> probably not the soundtrack. But I would never begrudge oh, someone wow. their definition of you know their series. But it's weird though, like I, like I was just mentioning, like Final Fantasy IV, right? That whole after years content was available like on mobile phones, I think, in Japan, and the PSP version. Mm. I I mean, I've not played the the Pixel Remaster, but I'm gonna almost guarantee that content's not in there. Mm. So you get weird situations like that where if you don't own a specific version, there's gonna be chunks of content you'll never see. Mm-hmm. Even like uh, downloadable stuff, like Bill was talking about, like I like when you said Bioshock, I was like, oh yeah, I've played through all those. And then he said Minerva's Den, I'm like, oh, I haven't played through that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I haven't done Bioshock. Yeah, it it can get very tricky. I mean, for old yeah. cartridge based stuff, it's pretty easy, mm-hmm. right? But um, especially these days, and with something getting so many reissues and versions. I think it's tough because, I mean, if you could ask me, like, what's the definitive version of Final Fantasy IV? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, I guess maybe I'd say the most complete version would be the PSP version, but good luck getting that anymore. I mean, where are you going to buy that? Yeah, I, I don't know specifically there, but yeah, some other cases where, like, listening to a lot of uh, retro, like, gaming history podcasts lately, there's, there's times where it's like, there is no definitive version. They're like, this version has you know, this extra content, but this other version has a couple things that it doesn't have and, and nothing has all of it. Yep. And you know what else is like that? Uh, the original Star Wars movie trilogy. Yeah. There's yeah. not one version. Like when you look at the, the Star Wars, uh, I think it's called Demastered or Despecialized. That's what it's called. So Star Wars Despecialized. There's this whole like, like, wiki like built into like the way it's made where it's like you know here's the best info we have for like original theatrical you know vhs laser disc and they've made minor changes kind of throughout whether it's like you know the color on the scene or the color on the the subtitles and it's like there's no one version everywhere so with star wars demastered you can kind of go through and there's actually a way for you to choose i want this 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 and then kind of like do and then you can get like the Kelsey version or the Chris version. And like, these are all the pieces that I want. So yeah, it's when there's not one that you can point to and say, that's the one it kind of becomes, it becomes an interesting conversation, which is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. Just like, this is what I did. And this is what I liked about it. Even just like, like Chris was saying with cartridges, it's easier, but even sometimes there gets really messy. Like uh, I was just listening to a podcast about uh, ghosts and goblins and every port of that game is different. Like if you're playing the NES version, it's different than the Amstrad version, which is different than the arcade version. And like, they're all, they have to make concessions for the hardware they're on. So none of them play the same, even though they're kind of the same game. And and like most of us grew up with the NES version, but I think a purist would say the arcade versions, the, the original and the best kind of thing. But then even listening to the creator, he's like, there was limitations. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So, you know, when I remade the game for PSP, that's my version of the game. Right. And, and, or you just made a really good point with arcade versus console. Like when I think of Contra, I think of the NES 
and I don't think of the arcade version. So if you say I've played every mainline Contra game, it's like, well, did you play the arcade version, or you know, like there's there's the there's that that gray there. spot, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if you're like, oh, I've played all the Punch Out games, well, did you play arcade Punch Out? Did you play Punch Out? Yeah, with two it. with two screens. Yeah. Body blow. Exactly. Body blow. That was a uh, that was a potential not conversion but like to get like a, a punch out like board set to slide into like like the dual screen there and just you know maybe get another um, you know like the marquee and like whatever totally. and it just ended up being like more you know of a project than I was willing to put in at the time but like yeah at the time it was like that's the cabinet it's it's a punch out dual screen play choice so Matt when I was restoring that finding that power punch button yes was a nightmare because everyone slammed their hand down on it so they broke it all the time and and no other arcade machine had the same kind of buttons you couldn't just swap out another part or nobody it was a really big yeah it's like that big button it's a big mushroom (laughs) so it took me like a literal year to finally source a button that would work for it i believe it it was like i said spend like 50 bucks to get a button yeah which you know was ridiculous but i did it so now you can uppercut and body blow all to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Sandman never saw it coming <laughs> after that. That um, was a that one, man. That should have came to Switch, right? Yeah, because you could yeah, turn it long with, ways. Yeah, and... I was gonna say with the flip grip, like yeah. it's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did they not do that? There's still time, but I doubt they will. Like they're, I don't know. Switch, Switch is getting long in the tooth, man. I'm still selling like oh, crazy. Oh yeah, I'm not, not, yeah, not arguing, but they're gonna milk the heck out of that. Mm. Um, is there any series that you guys have wanted to get into, like not just a game, but you like I want to dive into a whole series, and you haven't gotten around to it yet for some reason? Absolutely, several of them. List them off for so me. So the first one that comes immediately to mind is one that people have brought up to me. They said I'd probably really like it. Um, is the witcher um because of how much i love skyrim like open world like they say and every and even the first one so but and but that's and that's the reason why i don't think i'll ever do so i uh one of my uh, good buddies uh uh uh, lives right down the road he is an enormous witcher 3 fan and he played witcher 2 and he has told me the same thing about witcher 1 that every other witcher like fan has told me they're like the first one's not good read the wiki so you know what the story is start at two if you want to or you could just play three so like that's what's held me off from like from you know uh uh and but it, it brings up an interesting point it's like i haven't played the witcher one but is reading enough of the story and watching the cutscenes, you know like on youtube or whatever does that count as experiencing enough of one to you know like get you get you through to the next one um, so that's one, and then there's a, a handful of others that I've been curious about, but they're genres that I have not historically connected with. They just look so cool to me that like I want to play them, but I don't know if I'd be good at them or if they'd work out. And the the two of those are similar genres. So there's the Devil May Cry series, which oh, yeah. which holds me back because I'm not a really skilled action game player. Um, so here let me help you with that one you don't need to be you okay. only have to be really skilled if you're trying to like s rank everything you okay. can beat the game and have a great time going through with c pluses man and it's okay. it's a blast 
Yep. So that one, and then the other one that I think we I mentioned on our uh, uh, show where you were convincing me of Switch games that were awesome to pick up is Bayonetta. Exact same thing that I same just thing. said. Like, yeah, just mm-hmm. don't try and and platinum I trophy never, everything. I get just, like bronzes all the it. time, and yep, I'm good. I'm happy. Keep going. Yep. Yeah, you're you're not missing out on like story content or anything by doing it that way. Okay. Nope. Good to know. Yeah, the only game I could think of like that was like the Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Like you had to like get all the bronze medals to unlock a stage. You had to get all the silver medals to unlock a stage, gold medal, everything. And same with the uh, Golden Eye, I guess. You had to double O rank everything to get the last few stages in there. Hmm. Must have been an N sixty four problem. Yeah, <laughs> not enough content. Then, uh... They got to pad it somehow. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, and to to Sean's point earlier when he was talking about you know like gated progression, um, when it's, you know, when it's done well enough where you don't where you almost don't notice it, it's just kind of pushing you to get you know more stars, more power moons, whatever. Like it's okay, but then when it's done really, really intrusively, where it's like you get to a late point in the game, and then all of a sudden a wall comes up, and it's like go back and get nine hundred more, you know, of this like the. Get stars to get to bowser uh, or, or like um what was it uh, uh um in recore where um <laughs> uh it's it, it was like move it along good and it was like all right that that game like i love that game it is like a ps2 game though it yeah. was not an xbox one game <laughs> no yeah it, it yeah it felt like a lot of a lot of things from previous gen So, yeah, but, yeah, but, you, yeah, but yeah, those are uh, those are a couple that uh, that just immediately. I mean, and there's always, you know, as a person who likes games, you look at you know you look at a lot of you know like reviews and content and videos and stuff like that. And there's always stuff that I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, like, but yeah, it's um, I, I know I said it before, but it, it kind of comes down to hours in the day. And like sometimes you look at a series and it's like. It's just you. You think of how much time it would take to do that, and then also like with it being kind of like a like a, a coin flip if you're going to be into it or not. So, yeah, the ones that like I see that like content or like I see the the assets and the artwork, and I'm like, ooh, Devil May Cry and Bayonetta just kind of stand out as like Those just ones interesting aren't enough. Super long either. They're mm. they're not going to eat up months and months of your time. Like a week <laughs> if you yeah. just want to see everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, you know, I don't know if there's a lot that I like, man. I mean, sometimes I think I should play. Sometimes I like the idea of playing through certain series, <laughs> but I don't really want to do it. Like, um, right. like I like text adventures and I'm, you know, sometimes my brain's like, oh man, it would be cool to like play all the Infocom games from like back in the day. And then I see how many there are and I'm like, crazy. no, there's so many. Yeah. No, wouldn't be. No. I don't want to do that. <laughs> or like Final Fantasy. I've tried a lot of times to go through like Final Fantasy 2, right. Final Fantasy 8, and I get so far and I'm just like, nope. <laughs> and I've done that several times. So, I mean, there are times when, yeah, you think you want to get into things. But like Bill said, I mean, it's, it's time. And, you know, I'm at that point in time where it's like, I. Yeah, I know pretty quick whether something's up my alley or not. And yeah, yeah. You can just, unless somebody's going to tell you the old like, oh, 40 hours in, it gets good. And then I'm just like, no, I'm good then. I don't need that <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I was, I was talking to a buddy recently about um, 
uh, like people recommend TV shows all the time. And a TV show is a big commitment, especially if there's multiple seasons. So I'll I have a real hard time jumping into a TV show that like is either unproven or like you know maybe like you know might be going away after this season. And uh, we talk about how like I we used to have like a lot more time, so like we would stick with things longer. Or it's like well I've gotten this far, might as well just keep going with it. And time <laughs> is so precious these days that like if we watch like one or two episodes and it's not clicking, we are done. Unless someone like specifically is like, you know, I, you know, it takes like two or three episodes to like really get the ball rolling. I'll give it a little time if I get a really good recommendation. But man, we are so quickly done with things if it's not like an immediate hit just because. I, I don't know if you've tried Moon Knight. No. But man, the first three episodes, I was like bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever feel like that with MCU stuff. And so I almost quit. And then fourth and fifth episodes, like just are so good all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll tell I you with from? specifically with you know uh, with uh, also another thing on Disney, um, the Book of Boba Fett. I was not nuts about the first couple <laughs> yeah. episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's very similar arc to you know. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, good deal. Um, I've got a big list of, of series that I've, I've been meaning to that get to. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is one of them, Bill. Uh, I loved the first one, as you know, and I have a really stupid, stupid, ridiculous reason for not playing the second one. Uh, like, I played an hour of it, and they just kept saying, uh, Vi Vi is VV. VV, and yep. It just drove me so mad, I turned the game off and never played it again. It's, 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 it's a good thing in Final Fantasy X, they never said Titus out loud in the game. They don't <laughs> right? say it until Final Fantasy, sorry, Kingdom Hearts 2, when Waka says Titus out loud, so I couldn't have quit, like, back in the game. But yeah, I, I don't blame you for that. Yeah, so I just need to get over that because I loved the first game and I think I would very much, at least the main series ones I'd like, I'd like to dabble with the other ones because I do like card-based battle systems and weird stuff, so Mm. I'd like to try them. Um, Fantasy Star is one I've been meaning to get to forever and uh, if I dive into Master System, that'll kind of uh, give me that push, I think, to start that series. Mm -hmm. Because my, my first Fantasy Star was online and that those ones don't click with me. I would not but, suggest Fanstar Online yeah. to you at all. <clears throat> I, I I played it like as a teenager. Play one like through four. Just, You'll enjoy. Yeah, those those are the ones I want to try. Uh, the Yakuza games. I every time I hear about them, they sound like so much fun and so bizarre, and I am very curious to try those out. Super curious as well. Yeah, never made the plunge myself. Yeah. Um, the Ease games. Um, just both for like the historical importance back in the day and it sounds like the new ones have gotten pretty good again from from all the buzz i hear so i i'm really curious just to see how that series has evolved because other than the new ones like you don't hear people talk about the middle ease games like ever they just weren't on most really? people's radar so i don't That's know enough. i've played like i played ease like the first one um same and some That's the only one I played. And, well i think i played ease too because it was on turbo right but anyway Beyond that, I don't know. Are they? Is it one of those series where they're all about Adol, that main character, or is it one of the ones where like each game is a separate thing after a while? I think he's in about half of them. Okay. Uh, from what I've heard, and then I think it kind of the story takes some other characters for a ride for a while. Okay. I don't know if it was Final Fantasy Dragon Quest kind of idea where we have separate stories. I, I or... think they're much more tied together from the sounds of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and just just a quick, another quick side note for anyone interested. 
the Ease games, very similar to the Final Fantasy games, have uh, pixel re- they're not called pixel remasters, but they've got like kind of remakes, like the Origin version or whatever they call them on Steam. So um, uh, it's it wouldn't be something you would think would be on Steam. There's a lot of JRPGs yeah, on I Steam. Honestly, didn't think about that. Why would you but play yeah, it there like, when you get it on Turbo CD? Yeah, I mean, if you do, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got the first three on Turbo CD. That's right. But yeah, I, I see ease games i see ease games pop up on steam all the time and like it's just one of those series that i kind of forget about mm-hmm. but i played the first one on master system and i kind of never saw it again after that and then years later i'm like man there's a ton of ease games like they're still making them yeah um sweet coden it's another mm. series that i've been meaning to start forever yeah you uh, really sh- well i don't know about yeah, some of the later especially the not the later two. ones <laughs> maybe the later ones no i i drifted well, out pretty quick yeah gotta play the first two you know if three doesn't click then maybe i don't go forward from there but at least gotta try it uh the legacy of kane games um Ooh. i've always meant to get to interesting soul, soul, reaver. soul reaver stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah i love soul reaver um and then uh, would you also can like do like kind of like all those old kane games like the blood omen yeah. and I yeah think so. blood rain yeah yeah, uh, the, is that I, connected? I, I I've played think, Blood Rain. I, I don't think it's technically connected. I just always think of those as yeah. like. Okay, they came out. Yeah, yeah around, like Soul Reaver and, and that. Uh, I think uh, came out pretty close. Yeah, um, I really love Soul Reaver. I, I didn't play to the finish of Soul Reaver too, but um, uh, uh, Pam actually was talking about. She was asking for like vampire game recommendations at one point, and I was like, I mean, you still haven't played Soul Reaver. She's like, I know everyone says that. I don't know if uh, <laughs> if it would hold up or if, if I forget why she said she hadn't started it yet. But yeah, man, Soul Reaver. I'd be super curious if you ever end up getting around to that. Yeah, most of them have a really good reputation, so I'm I'm kind of curious about that series. Um, and then some not not series in the same way, but I would love to play through every Batman game that's ever come out, like chronologically. Ooh, a lot um, of like computer start, Batman games. Yeah, start at the old '80s like PC and Commodore stuff, and, and see if I can track down. Like, if I do end up getting a Mister, maybe I can play some of the arcade so stuff. You'd have too. to get like a Spectrum. You'd have to get a lot yeah. of like European computers. So, and... You know, maybe I'll emulate things. You know, yeah. What? what? Yeah, a lot of a lot of Lego Batman. <laughs> There's at least what three or four. Of those? At least yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and same time. with with like the Batman games. I'd like to do that with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. Sure, that'd be easier. Uh, yeah, um, the Spider Man games. I played a lot of Spider Man on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah, I would like to try that one. I haven't tried it's that. It's actually one kind of fun for a Twenty Six Hundred yeah. game. It looks pretty cool. I really, uh, really like Spider Man on Dreamcast. I played the PS1 versions of those, but I think they're pretty similar. Yeah, I think like just perform, like kind of like you know performance wise, like less fog and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, like it's like Marvel versus Capcom, uh, PS1 versus DC was like, like more like delay between getting your characters in, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I think the game's the same. How much Dragula is in it? (laughs) (laughs) Dead, I am the one. Uh, and lastly, I I would love to play through all the Star Wars games, and there's Ooh. probably more of those than Batman Ooh, games. Man, yeah, so there's some that are and, not good though. 
no we'll see them at the all of these like they're all over the place they're in every genre you can imagine yeah. and of every quality there's like what, what was yeah. like rebel assault was that the fmv one so rebel uh, yeah for sega cd yeah rebel assault and there's rebel assault too i mean there are a lot a lot of star wars games that'd be a great so great many. one to go through get to play the yeah. famicom game where darth vader turns into a scorpion is a scorpion <laughs> totally yeah Can't there's miss that empire strikes back on the 2600 that was actually a good game yeah it was a fun there's, we had that one it was like, good. all three there's, there's also a dozen arcade games there's two the original star wars where it's uh you're you're doing the lightsaber against the training droid they have mm, empire strikes yeah. back and then return of the jedi is actually a pretty good game too on 2600 it's pretty yeah. fun. See, I gotta, I gotta get into this stuff. Yeah, that would uh, probably be the yeah. widest range, that like the most games with the widest range of genres and quality across so. like all yeah. that entire space. It'd be hard to even just come up with the list. I think of everything. It'd be like me coming up with like every single hockey game available across every platform. It would just be research and you know spreadsheets and <laughs> totally. So, like, I know you're looking for hockey games, and so I try and keep an eye out, but even then, when I, like, you you messaged me about the uh, the Donkey Kong Hockey Game & Watch, I was like, that's hockey, and it's Nintendo, like, I should have thought of Bill, like, it did not cross <laughs> my mind that that would be on your list. Yeah, no, and that's the thing, like, it wasn't, but I saw it, and, I, and now it is, because it is hockey, and I currently don't have and then i do draw the line though like there is like um there's like a playstation one like table hockey game or something i forget what it's called and like i don't have to have that you know so but like, does it have licensed players in it no how about which is not which is not a deal breaker because i do have to have mutant league hockey there's no licensed players <laughs> in that guy how about the big like arcade game you had like they had the little like rails where you had to play and it had the dome yeah the totally. uh, super checks so those are made up near Buffalo, which is where, uh, near where my wife is from. And you'd be surprised, how, I mean, maybe you wouldn't be, uh, how expensive they are. Uh, I mean, new, they're like, they're a couple grand at least. And mm-hmm. it's hard to find anyone wanting to sell one. And when they sell it, like, they, they can move them for a couple grand. So it's, they, we have one at our ice rink, so we do get to kind of enjoy it. But uh, part partly the money, partly the space, you know, we don't have a spot for it, but maybe that'll be at the crown jewel when like all of the digital games are acquired, like super checks right in the middle. Someday your kids will get that'd older. Be cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> dad, uh, dad, I'm like, Hey dad, I'm, I'm swinging by. I got to do some laundry. Like, okay, well you can't stay in your old bedroom unless you really checks. love playing super checks <laughs> in the middle of the night. I put the hit the ice arcade machine in there. Sorry. Right. Yeah. I got blades of steel on one side. (laughs) What is that? NHL three on three all-star challenge on the other. I I know where it hit the ice is. If if you really want one and the the shipping, your Mortal Kombat cabinets works out and you want to use that company. Let me know. All right. (laughs) I can probably get you a really good price on it too. Well, because it's, I mean, it's, it's Canada. So like whose house doesn't have a hit the ice arcade yeah, machine? Uh, every second house you go to, it's got one in the basement. Uh, there's so many other series that I'm like mostly done too. Like I've, I've been going through all the Shimigami games that came out over here. And I think I'm like less than five of those left to go. So would you like play like a translation of the Famicom games I've or looked into that one i don't think i want to even try playing through that one like like however i felt about the first persona i think that one would be 10 times worse doesn't look pleasant i'm just because you're talking about doing series so that's what i'm asking I, well if if they decide to localize it that that'll like 
blow up my excuse. They're I'm never. Like, I got to do it. <laughs> I don't expect them to, but if, I don't know, Atlas does something weird and there's like, hey, here's our, you know, our history going back to the 80s. Like, we put some Famicom stuff out. Could happen, maybe. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest I'm obviously working through. Mm. Uh, King of Fighters. There's only a couple more of those I haven't played through. How do you... Uh, f- so, like, you don't like the Dragon Quest. There's the one that yeah. we don't have here, the MMO one. So, obviously, you can't play that one, and you probably don't care, though, right? You don't count that? Well, I don't count that, but my hope is they're doing that single-player version for Japan. I hope they localize that version so that I can try it. I don't expect that, and if it happens, it will be years from now, but, you know, if it happens, it'd be cool. Okay. Um, Fire Emblem. I'm almost done all of those, the, at least the North American ones. Uh, Resident Evil, Tony Hawk, the Professor Layton games, the Xeno Gears Saga Blade. Those ones I'm almost done. So what you said, Tony Hawk is one that you'd like to get into, or one that you were already into? I'm almost done. That. Okay. I've almost like include like the only ones I really haven't played are the ones that came with skateboards that you have to flip around on the sure. floor. Was they were I'm called Ride, right? Them. Uh, there was Ryan I forgot Shrek. about that. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I I just feel like I'm going to break them uh, as a like 200 pound male. I don't think <laughs> they can stand too many ollies. <laughs> I don't know. You've, you've played power pad games and they survive, right? So. Yeah, but they're soft. They're not going to like slap on the floor when I'm jumping on them. <laughs> it only like, has to I've last long re- enough for you to beat the game. <laughs> Well, I've broken real skateboards in half many times, so mm. these cheap plastic ones, I really don't think they will, will hold up too long. Just reinforce it. Put some steel plates on there or something. I'll have to buy like four of them just to play through the game once or something. Good luck on that. There's probably you, They're probably you. cheap and abundant if you start looking. That's actually true. I should probably see if I can track one down for cheap. Uh, anyway, to, to wrap this up, I put out a question to our patrons, um, asked them what they thought about this. Uh, I said, what's the best way to jump into a series at the start, at the best, or at the most accessible point? And what's a series you'd recommend to someone who hasn't played any games in that series? Mm. And so our, our patron engineer, Mike, uh, gave us a good answer here. I said, to answer the question, the best jumping point in a series into a series is whenever you feel like jumping in. Ideally, you just want to get in at the beginning, but it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, with so many games released, it seems like you're never done hearing about something cool uh, or something you haven't heard about prior. Time is short and precious. We all know this. So spend time playing things that make you happy. Uh, I could think of two series that I jumped into at their most recent points, Persona 5 and Shin Megami Tensei 5. And I would honestly say those are good points to jump in. The, those games are... The further back you go, the harder they are to appreciate, I think. Um, and he said, I honestly think it was the best decision I could have made. It gave me modern controls, graphics, gameplay, um, cool themes that had the guts but weren't quite there in the beginning. And he says that in, in brackets. I say that from research and talking with other gamers who are more well-versed in them. Uh, and then he says, I suppose if I were to recommend an entire series to someone who hasn't played any games in that series, I'm going to go with XCOM. Obviously, the person has to be a fan of tactical turn-based games, but that's what I'm going with. Mm. And I think, from what I know about those, that's that's a good suggestion. Those all uh, have good reputations, no matter what point you want to jump in there. Even yeah. if you want to go back to the original. Having somewhat recently 
started playing the XCOM game, except the first one, obviously. I never... I've enjoyed it, so yeah, it's a good recommendation. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Mike. Absolutely, yeah, it was very, very well written, and I totally agree that uh, whenever you want to jump in uh, is is terrific. Um, I I tend to become interested in something when I play whatever you know the current thing is, and then it like gets me interested, and then you know I kind of go from there. But I I do think that whatever is in front of you that you enjoy is the best part, best time to get in. Yeah, there there is something special about starting at the start and going through something that's been around forever but whatever gets you in the door is the best way yeah 100 percent. and like nowadays with some things are getting so old like you can't be expected to dish out 400 bucks to buy a retro console a tv it'll run on a controller's game like whatever like things are so pricey if you can buy the newest version for 30 bucks on your switch or your xbox whatever like yeah do it Come on, man. Sometimes you gotta have the. It's okay. It's okay. You can spend the money, get yourself a CRT and a console. And... Hey, if you want to play Wild Gunman and Duck Hunt, you're gonna need that. Enjoy your life. You only go around once. There's a there's a TikTok that I watched after I reserved my very expensive guitar that I'm getting later this year, and and it was this guy who was like, it was just, hey, hey, buy the guitar, just just buy the guitar he's like yeah i know it's a lot of money you know like uh you're you're gonna die it's not you're not you can't take that money with you just buy the guitar what's gonna happen your wife's gonna get mad at you for a little bit it'll be okay just buy the thing you know like it's only money and it just it reminds me of it like come on man just buy the thing Do, do it people need a crt in their house there's no reason not to and uh i mean you know it's not it's probably getting hard to find one these days. You don't have much time left. Oh, yeah. So especially a good one. Yeah. Dude, our our like Goodwill and Savers, I drive the way I drive by my local stores, I, I kinda drive around the back, like just the way I come to the store. And they have not carried uh, TVs in a long, oh, long God. time. But every single time I drive around the back of that building, they have like CRT TVs, like in dumpsters and like in front of dumpsters and they're like bro because people still go bring them there and they'll take them but they don't sell them they'll throw them in the dumpsters they don't don't even recycle them either yeah so i've well like it might be a dumpster that like a recycling company picks up but like uh like i've asked them before i'm like so i see tvs out there like yeah like people still bring them in like we'll take them we just don't sell them and like well is there any way to get you know and they're like no like we don't we, we, we put them right in recycling and like no one can get them e-waste talk to e-waste places that's mm. there you that's that's an in or just hang out on your local craigslist offer up whatever that's, for like five that's seconds. the be- yeah so like for me like uh the 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 facebook marketplace free section is one of the better places to find uh, uh tubes if you're looking for them but yeah we used to run a mike tyson's punch out uh, uh, contest, like not contest, but like we would do a Retro World Expo booth at other shows to kind of promote the show. And we had a little CRT there with Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And it's like, hey, uh, you know, like last, like I don't even think it was beat Mike Tyson. It was like last the first round against Mike Tyson and you get like a weekend badge uh, to the show. A lot of people attempted, um, not a ton of people uh, like were able to do it. But um, the first time we did it, we had like a, 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 a an LCD there. 
and somebody was like, yeah, like no one's going to be able no. to do this. And yeah. like, was like, yeah, you're like, I guess we didn't think of that because we were running Mike Tyson. So every other time we, we brought a CRT with us. Everybody should have a little, at least a little tube, you know, yeah. find you a little 13 inch <laughs> or something and just keep I it. I got my little, I got my little Chris special PVM in my arcade testing station. A, still, I still, it's a great I got 12 my, inch. I got my SCART cable for uh, the super and I got my SCART cable uh, for um, the SCART connection for the, uh, um, the JAMA boards. So I can do arcade stuff like right on it, and my Super Nintendo uh, with the Rogue Aquadron uh, runs on it. So yeah, <laughs> I keep set up. Keep telling uh, Kelsey that one I gave him. Uh, I think probably yours too. It'll do PAL, so you know you could do all those oh, PAL NES yeah. games. Uh. Sure will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I, obviously I'm just joking uh, to a degree. But you know, old tech is good too. <laughs> Uh, anything else you guys want to add in before we wrap it up? Um, I did look up, uh, just since you were mentioning Star Wars games, um, I did look up, uh, these are just the Star Wars games that are available on Steam, uh, so there's probably more than this, but the Star Wars Ooh. Collection Bundle uh, typically yeah. is $165. It's 75% off right now, so it's like $41. Uh, there are probably too many games for me to list uh right now but uh, uh does it say includes like 100 items or however many comes with it uh where's it? it's uh it just says items in this bundle well actually i mean like i guess it'll only take me 25 seconds to read them off you want me to go for it yeah i do so you got star wars battlefront one and two republic commando starfighter wait, wait, wait. is that original battlefront one and two or new battlefront one and uh, two? original og okay um so uh knights of the old republic uh one and two Dark Forces, Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2, Mysteries nice. of the Sith, which is an expansion to uh, Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcasts, Jedi Knight Academy, The Clone Wars, uh, and that's the Republic Heroes, uh, Lego Star Wars Complete, uh, The Force Unleashed, Empire at War, that was the RTS I was trying to remember okay. the name of, that's the PC uh, RTS, Empire yeah. at War, The Force Unleashed uh, 2. Uh, Lego Star Wars 3, The Clone Wars, uh, X-Wing Special Edition, TIE Fighter, Galactic Battlegrounds, X-Wing Alliance, X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter, Rebellion, Rogue Squadron, Rebel Assault 1, Rebel Assault 2, Episode 1 Racer, and Battlefront Classic. Those are all of the ones available on Steam in the uh, Star Wars Complete Package. I think that was 27 games, if I was counting right. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, right around there. Since they slap it on a cartridge, he's in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, most of those came out on cartridge. I have most of those. A already. lot of them, yeah. Uh, I was just reading that uh, beat 'em up book, and it actually said there, the GBA Star Wars Revenge of the Sith game is like a beat 'em up. Uh, it looks pretty fun. Oh. I'm gonna have to try that out. And, and I know I've mentioned. Like, I know I've mentioned on the show before, but Jedi Fallen Order is awesome oh, man i need to get on that one it's yeah. awesome and uh chris it is the soulsiest star wars game as long as you play it on the higher difficulty because of the uh like you know the the precise timing required for like you know like the combat and the pairing and stuff like that i lowered the difficulty just one notch and i found the combat to be challenging but not like overly uh punishing um, but if you were looking for just like that, you know, kind of soulsy challenge or what I assume a soulsy challenge is like the, 
like the default combat, like it was kicking my butt for like a little while. And then I just went down one rung and I was like, this is where I need to live. So, but yeah, uh, Fallen Order is awesome. So um, I've got a couple quick things I'll put out there. It's not exactly related to, to the topic, but number one, just because this is random, so I'm going to throw it out there, especially to our patrons, or I guess if somebody's listening and they want to hit me up. Uh, I'm in looking for if somebody might have a beat-up NES. I don't care what it looks like, as long as it works and is in decent shape. Um, there is... You, you want it beat-up, but in decent shape. I want it to work. Okay. I want it to be functional. The, cosmetically, it can be Yeah, it can look like crap. I don't okay. care. Somebody could draw over it. It could be pieces falling off of it. Gotcha. There is a pre-order up. Well, you might be interested in this too, Kelsey. I didn't think about it, but for a clear NES shell. Oh no, I see this. Yeah. I don't like that kind of look. So uh, I want. I'm thinking what I want to do. It's kind of like a model project. So I'm. I'm thinking what I want to do is. Um, there is a replacement PCB for the NES, brand new that you can get. And now there'll be a brand new case. Um, so I could make it like a model. I could build my own NES. And all I need really are the couple of chips out of the uh, of NES to make it work. Um, I'll, so. I'll go ask at my old store. I'm going to stop in there in a couple of days. They might have something busted up in the back. And I've got some other things to send you anyway. So right, yeah, Really, honestly, I just you. need a working motherboard, probably. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe some power switches. and, But yeah, anyway. I'm thinking that's my idea is that I might try to do that kind of as a, a fun little hobby project at some point in time is build my own NES top awesome. to bottom. Right on. Um, secondly, uh, since we talked about it last time and I've had so much feedback, I'm thinking uh, I may uh, try to get you two guys to do another debate episode because people have commented on it a bit. No one has made that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Did they comment on a topic to debate? No, that's why I'm bringing this up. So for our patrons that are listening, I would like ideas for a debate topic that you would like to hear. So if there's something that you think would be a good debate topic, drop it in our, our uh, Discord. And if you're not a patron and you've got a good idea, uh, I'll buck get you in the door. So uh, uh, What consists of a, good, of a proper NES ending? Let's do that topic. <laughs> well, we could do more than one, certainly. But uh, maybe I would be mean and, and give you the, the counter argument to that one. <laughs> That's fine. I'm ready for that, too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is there really a pro and a con to that? Anyway, um, so that was my two things. Awesome. All right, so I think we're ready to close it up then. Uh, so thank you again to our patrons. If you would like to join our Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash collectorcast. Um, yeah, other than that, you can check us out on RF Generation or collectorcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Kelsey Polnick, uh, Chris at collectorcast, and Bill at Bill McGee with one L. Did I forget anything else? No, find us in all the usual places. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You name it, we're probably there. Not on the pickle, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll get there. Once we strike it big. Once we get that Joe Rogan deal when they want to buy us out for $100 million. There we go. I, 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 keep, I keep sending messages to Elon, but you know he's tapped out right now. So. Yeah. No, in, that sounds like that 11. fell through. He's going to be good again. Keep sending Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.